On this episode of A Soul's Quest Podcast, we're talking with Dr. Brenda Ranty, also known as the Dancing Queen. Stay tuned. All right. So, Brenda, yes. we want to know all about you. So, we're going to start with your uh, early age, your okay. dependency stage, basically, is what we call that. And we want to know everything about your young adult mm. or a young at no adolescent stage that's what we're talking you about. you didn't use the pitch thing i'm gonna i was just about to say it so omar likes to call this stage the pitch which i think is I, every time i think about it i think of baseball being pitched mm. he calls it being pitched into the world so we want to know about your birth <laughs> we want to know about your where you were born oh, was, it a where you was it a c-section was it natural <laughs> what's it underwater no 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 just kidding just kidding just kidding <laughs> okay i could edit this out okay <laughs> don't don't it was fun so then um yeah so we want to know about your early years you know where were you born oh, okay. what's your culture your family tell us about all that so interesting i was born in new york mm. new york new york um parents were well, well, well where in new york manhattan New York City. Oh, New York City. All right, New York City. Okay, that's what right. you say. New York. Yeah, it could it's, be anywhere. It could be anywhere. You know, you but could, the, the, big the, big the big apple. The big apple. The big apple. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So both my parents were born somewhere else, but met in New York City. Mm. So father came from the Philippines, and my mother from Jamaica, West Indies. Well, that's oh, wow. a, um, that's But a they mix. came when they were like in their twenties, mm -hmm. very young, but they didn't meet each other in their twenties. Oh. So. Um, my mom was married earlier. My, I don't think my father was ever married until he met my mother. Okay. But my mother was married prior. Mm -hmm. And her husband was Puerto Rican. She okay. had two children with that marriage. Mm -hmm. um, and she had a rough life because he was abusive. Mm. Um, drugs. Drugs, I think, led him to that, that down that road. Um, somewhere down the road, she meets my dad. Mm -hmm. And While she's married to, mm -hmm. okay. But I mean, since she was the abused wife or mm -hmm. one, you know, abused wife, um, my father befriended her and kind of helped her out, looked out for her. And mm -hmm. I mean, it was, I mean, when I hear the stories that she told, it was like, you know, he would steal the, any kind of money that they had and to buy the drugs. Oh, and wow. so the kids never, the two daughters that she had never, you know, I mean, it was like, you they needed to eat yeah. and stealing the money, that, that whole scenario. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, she meets my dad. Um, the, the husband ends up dying from an overdose. Mm. Oh, wow. So my dad is like the knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. But at this point then, they're together, and I guess they have me. <laughs> you guess. I guess. Here you are. But here's the difference. I mean, my mom had me when she was 40, mm. oh, wow. and my father was 55. Wow. So, I mean, they're, yeah. they're, so, they're, so I'm born of older parents. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had stepsisters. Right. And how, where, were, where were your stepsisters at this stage? Because well, when you, you're just a baby, when you were born, the, yeah. your mom is 40. I'm assuming she's, they're more older, in their 20s or so? No, no. They were, they were young, too. Because, oh, well, okay. there's a seven-year difference between one sister and the other sister... That, that's like one of those family things I wasn't sure. But one sister ended up living with the the ex-husband's sister. Oh, kind of they okay. took her from my mother. Oh, mm. okay. So that's kind of a story. <clears throat> I, I don't know a lot about that. But one sister ended up staying. And, and I always thought of her as my sister. Mm -hmm. Like none of that stepsister stuff. Yeah. yeah. So when they have me, um, I don't really remember a lot. I remember, though, maybe at four or five. 
that I'm in these pictures at a wedding in church. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of confused. I'm like, okay, these two people are up there doing something. Uh-huh. And um, it, so it was early. They got married after. Right. Mm. Um, and you were like, maybe they're a flower girl. <laughs> no, I was just, I was hanging. Okay. Um, and I, only because I see the pictures, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, that our family pictures. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, so you start to question, but at a young age, I was kind of like, didn't get it. Yeah. No. Till I get to school. Right. And then they put us in Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Catholic school at that point was very strict and not like it is today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you find out about marriage. And like, oh, it's a sin not to be married. So I'm sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, I think I went to a marriage. Yeah. But, you know, so they had me when I wasn't a, when they, you know, so all of these um, stories, you know, because you hear kids talking and, and how old were you when you were when well, you started? I, when I started school, um, probably six, five, so you, five, you were six. Pretty I was. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, very questioning. Qu- everything. Questioning. Yeah, questioning. Everything, yeah. And in Catholic school, you really couldn't question. No, you're going to question anything. Like, who was this Adam and Eve? But you were, <laughs> inqui- oh. but so, you were inquisitive about what yes. was happening and, and you knew something wasn't right but, there. But, okay. you know, I figured it out later on in life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all of it starts to make sense as you grow older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they have me and, and I go to school and everything else. So the other part in school is now I'm part of a older parents Right, because mom is forty by now. I mean, she's now forty-five or forty-six. Mm-hmm. Dad is kind of in his sixties at yeah. this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in school, then I am like, okay, all well, my friends' parents are like younger than my parents, and their grandparents are my parents' age. Right. So that was one thing I kind of had to get over. So when you when you were going through that, when you see in your friends' parents are much much younger. How is this making you feel? I know that you're questioning and you're looking at these things. Like, how is this making you feel inside? Like, what well, arises? I, you know, I don't think I've, I realize a lot. Of, like I said, a lot, of th- a lot of things come together later. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they were my parents, and I didn't think of it until later that I yeah figured that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that caught me in school, and this is where I start, my identity starts to get a little bit like, what, who am I? Mm. Was I'm born of these two parents, a fellow, and that's why I, I joke around and call myself a fellow Macon. <laughs> um, and it's kind of stuck. I like that. I like it that. It has I like definitely that. stuck. I, I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to use that, yeah. a fellow Macon. Right. Because I'm, I'm part of two parents. Right. I don't, you know, I don't feel like I have to choose mm-hmm. one over the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, I, I think I make reference to, like, when you had to fill out applications or, or when you were taking tests and you had to fill out your name and everything. And back in those days, you'd fill out um, a portion that would ask you your race. Yes. Right? And it would always be like, at that some of them at that point would say Negro, mm. Caucasian. Mm. And, that, and maybe, I don't even know if it said Hispanic. No. But I, I was like, those are not a lot of uh, choices. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> well, I'm not that and I'm not that. And there was not an other. Mm. So... I never would answer them. Right. Um, what, 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 would, what was the consequence of that? Were you not answering those questions? They would probably check the box for you. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And depending on what they thought you were, which I don't think they ever could figure me out. Because <laughs> I couldn't fit. You know, but I, it was one of those things where you're like, I don't fit into the box. Yeah. Because even if they tried to assume what you were, you know, like mm-hmm. when I first met you, I thought that you were, I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, I mean, I think I probably did ask you, but I assumed that you were Hispanic. Right, which is what I got as I got older. Okay, that's okay. what most people, especially because you, you know, <laughs> Ben, you know, we'll talk about Ben later, but you know, like just the the 
you looked and then you you would talk about salsa and, and you know, my, Spanish yeah, food. Most of my friends in New yeah. York were Spanish. Yeah, yeah. So and you you had a lot of things that were related to that. Yeah. So anyway, and, okay. and then my sister didn't look anything like me. Mm. She looked like my mother, and my mother's Jamaican, but my mother's white. Okay, a white Jamaican, and people don't think that that exists. That, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my sister looked like my mother, and her father was Puerto Rican. He was light skinned mm-hmm. So she had the light skin, and then here I was spitting image of my dad mm. and i went through a stage where i thought i was adopted because oh. <laughs> like, i was like i don't look like her so i can't be yours yeah um, and so you know and i really seriously thought i was adopted and my mm. parents told me they found me on the stoop oh. they, would, they would mess with me <laughs> they were like oh, so th- they said that to you but did they, were, they were joking they though. were joking and, and but I, they always assured you was was there any 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 time in that f- time frame in which they made you feel like you were not a part of their lives, that you were no. It was. I mean, it was. No, I knew that I was loved. Okay. You know, and 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 I never felt separated like that. That was a stepsister. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like I was the outcast, mm-hmm. um, but she was always like the a sister, mm-hmm. and, and so no, so and they didn't treated, treat her differently no, than you I'm, or anything. No, we we both got everything equal. Mm-hmm. One wasn't. I didn't. You know, see that he favored her over me, or I was favored over her. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like, and we had that traditional family where we don't do the things we used to do, like sit down at dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. you had to sit down at dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. T- tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about like the, the family structure in terms of how the household was, um, on a daily basis. You know, you got up from school did your parents work, go to work, or did they take you to school? And then when you came back to school from school, uh, what, what was that like? So Back then, then it was mom stayed home and raised the children, mm-hmm. and dad was the hard worker. Now, mm-hmm. may I ask one question? Mm-hmm. What what decade are we talking about? Just oh, for people, I'm sorry. Oh, see, I, 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 I don't want to go with there. With all due respect, I did not go there. <laughs> I don't right? want to be disrespectful, I but did I not think, go there. I think New York City is a very different time. And so um, understanding that yeah, you gotta, women are not working at I'm this point. I'm respectful of the ladies of the ladies' age. I don't want to date anybody. You know, I no, mean, but I think it's I'm pretty Brenda, traditional like that. Brenda knows how but, I feel about her, her age. But it, I've told but her many I, times. I, I, but I think it's relevant. It's relevant yeah, because I feel like it's a different it, it's a different culture mm-hmm. in that time, you know, and that's that's what I'm trying to so, get at. I was born on, in 1959, mm-hmm. so during my school years, you'd say I was in the 60s and okay. high school in the 70s. Okay. Yeah. So what was New York? I mean, what was New York City like then? Like in the 60s? Like yeah, during, that's, during di- that's what I'm trying to get at is what was that time period like in that city? You know, your mom was able to stay home. Your dad made the living and, and what? Well, you know, interesting enough, I don't think that I felt the racism mm. like and I'm sure there was because they were two totally different people that I mean, they were like a, a blended family. Yeah. They were a biracial couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, Definitely. There were issues there, but I didn't see it. Okay. okay. You know, I, I think they kept us so busy and protected that we, if they were going through anything, it was never something that we were exposed to. Right. Um, okay. You know, school, I went to Catholic school, so that just says it all. Yeah. <laughs> now, were you able to, did you experience any, any, um, so, so going back, going back to my original question. Mm-hmm. So a day in the life. So your mom stood home. You dad, went to school. Right. Dad went to work. So tell, take us through that. So it was very tragic. I mean, they were both not born rich. Okay. Um, I think some of the qualities um, that have been instilled in me come from probably dad and mom. Mm-hmm. That you you work hard. Um, you know, your name is you. You honor your name because mm-hmm. that's who you are. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, dad would work get up early in the morning work. He was a chef. So he would get up early and, 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 and he'd come home like in, you know, early evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom was a stay at home and I went to school and came home. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad didn't have a high school education. Mm-hmm. So education to them was always, always important. We, mm-hmm. we, their main thing was you, you have to go to school. You know, you have to finish school. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so they did they ever place that. any, um, they instilled that, but did they ever place any pressures on like you, like talking to you about like college or anything like that? No. Or was it just, we want it you to finish high school? Just graduate okay. high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm just curious. But, okay. um, yeah. And cause I think that's because they didn't go that far. Okay. So then I'm like the first college graduate in, in, in this generation. Mm. I was the first, I guess, first generation graduate mm. yeah okay. so traditionally you have sunday dinners oh yeah so yeah. going back to that yeah. so definitely so the the ritual was yeah we'd sit down for dinner and every night every night mm-hmm. um he liked his rice mm-hmm. <laughs> filipinos eat rice mm-hmm. um and he was you know and they both cooked right mm-hmm. but i mean he was very about sitting at the table and having dinner and and we didn't have the the phones and I mean that would have never happened. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so we sat down and you know they we talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. The things that we don't do anymore. Yeah. You know, um, because I can't even do that with Ben because he's on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> I can text him at the table. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get an answer. Pass the salt, please. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to connect with him more often like that. And, and then it, holidays were very traditional. Okay. So Thanksgiving was always that. That was Dad's day to cook. Mm-hmm. So he actually his big days were Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. He always made the turkey. Mm-hmm. That, that's got to be an interesting uh, combination, right? Because you have the Philippines, and he's a, a chef, and then you have the Jamaican tradition. So food-wise, I'm just always interested in food. That's kind of like what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, what was that mixture like? So, okay. So, mom would make, like, some of the traditional Jamaican food, like uh-huh. the oxtail oh my God. and all that stuff. You had oh Omar at okay. that already. Now, I was not a big fan. No. No, mm. right? And so, like, she would make like stews mm-hmm. and so she'd have the oxtail she'd put oh. the dumplings in the oh. all this stuff. by the time i got it i would take out all the dumplings and the stew. so what was left you know everybody Broth. was like where's yeah where's the rest of it because i wouldn't eat I was mm-hmm. so you would take out the oxtail and the dumpling oh yeah man. so she would you know eat a lot she'd make all of that but and dad was more the Brenda's also like, the type that will pick out raisins from the oh banana. Yeah, I will. Mm. I will separate okay, sorry. stuff. Sorry, I was just putting that on. <laughs> but there. I was sorry. a picky a eater when mm-hmm. I was younger too. Give, I mean, given the parents that I had, I mean, you're, I'm surprised. Yeah. So, so what did your dad make? That was he that would was, make like a like he would make some Filipino dishes. Like he would like lots of meats and and rice, he, rice with everything. He would make yeah. the lechon during the that's right the the, the pig. Oh, the whole pig? The, uh, no, he wouldn't do that. Because we lived in an apartment, or oh. we would burn down the apartment. <laughs> 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 but he would, uh, they would call it like an adobe. They would adobe. They would that would be pork or the chicken. Oh wow! And um, he was a good cook. I'll bet. Mm. I liked my dad's cooking better than my mom's cooking. <laughs> <Tell her that. laughs> but I mean, but I had the mm. both traditional. But I just, I didn't. Yeah, pig's feet, oxtail, just mm-hmm. everything. But he wow. obviously enjoyed 
Her, her food yes. and he, yeah, she so enjoyed his. A, nice bl- a good mix, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a lot of culture there, right there. That yeah, I was been like, delicious. you think I would have been five hundred pounds as a child, <laughs> but I was skinny. What about your your extracurricular time? So you went to school. I mean, there's a lot of activities in Catholic school. I'm assuming no. Just, <laughs> I was like, where? Uh, how were the nuns back then? Tell us about okay, the nuns so- at school. I transitioned from the old, old, old nuns, uh-huh. you know, with the black, heavy black. Uh-huh. Like, I, okay, so every time I go into the grocery stores and you know the blue bonnet butter, yes. I always have a flashback. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because that's the nun I yeah. remember with that oh, really? bonnet thing oh. and the big crucifix. Yeah, and a ruler. <laughs> right, so I transitioned oh. when I went to grammar school. That's mm-hmm. how they were dressing. And then as I got into like the higher grades, mm-hmm. like maybe six, seven, they started to transition into the half habit. Mm-hmm. And then they were wearing like a, a suit dress kind of thing yeah. below the knee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I got to high school, they were dressing like lay people. Mm-hmm. They were, oh, they weren't, you know, they were looking <coughs> they weren't, they normal. Were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how, how was your, uh, what, what, how was your schooling um, during those elementary years? Did, was, was school something that you really, really enjoyed or, or did you also have those conflicts when it came to questioning um, um, what you saw around you? No, well, so my sister was a couple of grades ahead of me. Okay. So everybody knew her. Oh, okay. And so you always got the, oh, you're going to be just like your sister. You're going to be smart just like your sister. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so the expectation was I was following in her footsteps. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. more like, you're going to be like her. Mm-hmm. You're going to be smart. I mean, and I did. <laughs> I kept up, but I was like, you know, the pressure was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and our parents were like, you know, they were, it wouldn't be like, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't monitor what I was doing back in the day, like in terms of was I doing my homework or not. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we did it. So mm-hmm. we kind of were easy for them. Not like today. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, Ben, mm. are you doing anything <laughs> in there? Are you breathing? <laughs> so, I mean, so they weren't on top of us, mm-hmm. I think, because our grades showed that we must have been doing something mm-hmm. because we were getting good grades. Well, the nuns will, the na- the nuns will have you. Right. Either that. So, yeah. And then, you know, high school was a little different. Okay. Because I went to an all-girls school. Mm. How now, was that? By, by this time. <laughs> Stressful. We'll, we'll, we'll go into that. But by, by this time, were you still living in Manhattan or have you moved to like no, a different I, bor- borough? I lived in that, in that apartment for a long time. And, and whereabouts? Because there's, a, you know, Manhattan is a, it's okay. a it's a large place. Like now you have um, uh, Washington Heights, you have Harlem, you have um, so I the was, East Side. Yeah. So I was like, on... Okay, so right now, if you go to New York, the Upper West Side is like the place. Mm-hmm. Before, when I was living there, it was the Upper East Side that was the place. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I was on 93rd Street between West End and Riverside. Okay. And how was growing up in that time? Because there was a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of things happening in New York City during that time frame. You know, you're talking about the, the 60s, 70s. There's a, um, an explosion of culture an explosion of the uh, a fusion of of diff, you know of, of of different things happening in the city during that time how how did that influence you as a young child growing in there okay so my mom was really well known around the neighborhood everybody knew her okay so her name was Lucille mm-hmm. and they called her Lucy mm-hmm. okay and you didn't mess with Lucy's children mm. but that was the whole neighborhood mm-hmm. all of the children were Lucy's children mm. okay. so um She's, I have to have funny stories with her because she was protective of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
she knew everybody. Mm. And at the, and then during those days around the neighborhood, you had gangs, but not like the gangs you have now. No. You had like adult gangs, mm. like you had the Spanish gangs, yeah. you had the Haitian gangs, but they were, you know, they did their thing, but they, they also protected the neighborhood mm-hmm. and they weren't out to like do just bad things just to do bad things. Totally different. There was a code. Yeah. yeah there was a code. Exactly. Yeah. There was a, a code that you followed and you, didn't hurt anybody in your neighborhood. And then you had the cop on the beat. Mm. There was not a cop in a, I mean, you had the patrol cars, but you actually had a cop walking the beat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she knew everybody. When I say she knew everybody, she knew everybody. <laughs> um, but I, I remember one day we were all playing outside and she's, we went to the park and there was this man in the in a car and he was doing something he shouldn't be doing mm. and trying to call the kids. Mm. And my mother got wind of that. Mm. And she grabbed one of the kids' baseball bats, a plastic bat, and she chased that man <laughs> all the way down the hill. With and a I'm, plastic bat. And I'm like, Mom, you know, he never came mm. back. He, he sure did. Back. He said, I'm not messing with that lady. No. But, uh, but uh, you know, but that was the neighborhood. Yeah. And, like, and for our entertainment, like, you know, there wasn't like you could just go to the beach. It was mm-hmm. like a train ride an hour here to yes. go to the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we're now where we can just go on the car. It's, it's mm-hmm. great. But mm-hmm. so back in those days, you'd have the fire hydrant. Mm. Yeah. Tell, we, tell us about that <laughs> summer. In your, Cause if, unless you lived in New York that's during a, the summer right. and the hydrant, great summer, huh? tell, tell yeah. us, tell us it that would get hot. So you, the, you know, some of the, some of the neighborhood adults would, would go get the wrench mm-hmm. and, and open up the, mm-hmm. the, the hydrant. And then all this water would go blasting out and, the kids would take the a can and scrape it on the concrete until you made two holes so that you could put it on and then play with the water. Um, so yeah, that's how that was my entertainment. Hmm. So in essence, during that time, you, the neighborhood was safe. You felt safe in the neighborhood. Um, there was there was a community aspect to it mm-hmm. in which the kids and 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 for that matter, everyone was being looked at. Is that is that what happened? Yeah, and I'm, and my my neighborhood was very diverse. Okay. We had a little bit of everything. And mm-hmm. I think that's why, it, it you know, it, nothing was strange. And, mm-hmm. and you never felt like you didn't belong because, mm-hmm. you know, we were a very blended neighborhood. Yeah. 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 So. Um, during this time, uh, and we're talking primarily, <coughs> excuse me, in your childhood, um, besides your parents um, and your sister, was there any particular person that made a big impact in your life? I would say, well, I I started working early at 15. Mm. And so, and that was, a I got a job out of high school. It was one of my teacher's husbands who was an attorney. Mm. And they just wanted somebody who would type mm-hmm. and answer the phones. So, I mean, in those days you took a typing class and all that. So mm-hmm. I got a job with that firm. And then he ended up taking me under his wing and taught me a lot of things. Wow. Like, like I mean, so the, the before I knew it, he, I was answering some of the legal forms for him. Mm. Um, so he taught me a lot of things. So you were like a paralegal? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> At 15. At I 15, was, that's pretty good. Now, now, how much money were you making back <laughs> oh, then? Oh, I can't remember. I don't even know what, I know it wasn't what the rate is now. No, 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 no. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> but everything else was was less too. So uh-huh. even if I was making two dollars, that mm-hmm. was you know tokens were like ten cents, yeah, or something yeah. like that. It fit the time period. So you got a job. You're working. Um, you're you're going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, how was the transition from middle school um, into high school? You mentioned earlier that you went to a, an all girls high school, right? And in in and how was Catholic that? school in the earlier days. 
they split you boys and girls too. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere in the middle, then they blended us. And then I go to high school and then I'm back to all girls. Uh-huh. Um, it was interesting, but um, it just so happened that that was the school I went to because they were blended schools. Okay. Um, but at three o'clock, the, all the boys would be lined up downstairs and it would be like, ooh. That one's cute. That one's cute. <laughs> so that was the highlight at three. Everybody lived for three o'clock. <laughs> then you could see who was outside and whose boyfriend was who. Uh-huh. And then whose boyfriend brought their friend to introduce you to her friend. Her friend. That's hilarious. So that was the gossiping, the gossip part is like, Ooh. And, we, and we all wore uniforms. So we all had the same uniform. Yeah. When, you know, you couldn't really do too much with the uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's interesting. A, th- so, what was that like? Did you have like any good girlfriends, best friends? Like, yeah, well, and and see, during that time too, then I think that we were hitting the seventies, and so the disco time mm. came out. Ooh, whoop whoop! <laughs> yeah, I love the disco and era. And I was like little dancing oh. queen. I was like oh. disco queen. So well, that was say, that was more of a fun stage. I was that's why say, the dancing comes in. I was gonna say. I was just gonna say that this is where your dancing thing comes from. You love yeah. all that stuff. Oh, so. I did. So this is interesting because. Because now you're just taking us into like the next stage where we go from to the self-reliance stage, which is that a that that age or that stage where you're going in, you're going from adolescence into like your more adult stage, right. young adult, mature, a young yeah. adult, mature stage. Yeah. So, so for me, the disco era was my rebel stage. Mm. Were you? Oh, and, and yeah. Let me, let, let's talk about that. Tell so, us that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I want to hear that. <laughs> so you, it's actually not that great. <laughs> so you, you, you're in high school. You're You're working. Um, when did the disco stage come in? I Were you I, still in high school when this? Yes. Was, oh, okay. Because uh, my sister was older, so she went to a club one night, and we, I went with her. Oh. So I had to dress so up. So you like, got to go to the club. I, How old yeah. were you? I was like sixteen. Ooh, going to the <laughs> had me a 16. fake ID, and I really? thought, I had, oh yeah. <laughs> How did you guys get a fake <laughs> oh ID? Oh my god! I took my high school ID, and good lord, just, just I don't even remember the, the old you know, um, like IDs the, used to be. You could just tear them apart, stick yeah. something else in there, and then close and it back up. It wasn't up. even like that. It was like a you know, like the file folder labels just typed really? up a thing, and and they <laughs> took it. I know that they oh knew I was gosh. young. You had access to the to the typing machine, so you just did it there. Oh, okay. I mean, back in the day, it was like, wow. That's hilarious. Because yeah. I didn't have a driver's license yet. Right. So there was no need for me to drive because we had major transportation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, the beauty of New York City. Yeah. What? How was, how was it going to the clubs and stuff for you? Was it like, you know, were you like boy crazy or were you just no, like... No, I think, I mean, because... During that stage, that whole hustle thing came out, and that was like mm. the big craze, mm-hmm. and and that was the time. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody that was the big dance, and so yeah. I, so I really got into that. Oh, okay. And so you I were did, more into yeah. dancing, and then and just... I mean, got there was a lot of like professional dancers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then a lot of contests. <laughs> okay, and I got into you a did lot them? of contests. Yeah. So okay. so how did how did you learn? Did you was just something that was innate with you? Did you take I classes? Did. No, oh, I didn't no. Take any class. Yeah, it was in. The, it, was, it just got on the floor, and it was like part of that Jamaican and Filipino uh, came out right. of me, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, because she didn't her. have YouTube, so she couldn't YouTube the hustle or anything like no, that." You just I, learned. You know, like some people paid to go to the dance studio to learn hustle, and mm-hmm. I just went to the clubs. And took, so okay. you, f- your very first time, you get in with a first <laughs> uh, with a fake ID. Your sister's there with you. What does she tell you, and what do you do? Oh well, because you know, like now it's nighttime, and mm-hmm. you get to get stay out late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just a whole scene. Now, wait a minute. What about your parents? They didn't know you went to the club. I was going out with my sister. So they, that's, they were okay. They trusted ah, her. Okay. okay. And your sister and you did not tell them you were going to the club. You just went out. We're going to a party. We're okay. going to a party. Okay. 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 Down right. the block. Okay. 
All right. I mean, and I didn't drink. Yeah. Okay. You know, I didn't drink. Mm-hmm. So, so, so tell us, tell us about you go in. You, 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 you. What did your sister tell you? Oh, nothing. She was like, you know, because we both were learning the hustle at that same time. So she was uh-huh. kind of. You know. But did she say things like, okay, you need to stick with me, watch out for these well, guys? Well, I did. I stuck and, with her anyway because okay. I was like, I don't know who these people are. Okay. All right. <laughs> but we had, other, we had friends uh-huh. too that we had known. Okay. Mutual. So, yeah. Friends. Okay. And then so you get in there, you start dancing, and then it just, okay, I got to do this every weekend? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hmm. We could okay. do this every weekend. That's right. So, you know, and then so, you know, fast forward, it became, you know, my sister then stopped going and then I oh. got older. Okay. And I, then I could go. And yeah. I, then I had my group of friends and we were hanging out. And then that just, until the disco died. So you I were was out clubbing. There. Oh, so yes. Jesse tells me that. <laughs> I would take a nap now if I had to go anyplace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. Je- Jesse tells me that, that you were in competitions and, and you did all kinds of different. How did you get into that? Mm-hmm. It was just that era. Yeah. I mean, that was the era. And, right. and, and the era that, I mean, you had people who were, there was dance contests at the clubs. Did you win? I won some. Really? I went, there was one that was like a real big one called the um, Harvest Moon Ball. Mm. Oh. And they did that out of Roseland. And then the, the finals were in, in Madison Square Garden. Oh. oh. So I made it to the finals. What? You made it. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, wait a that's minute. That's a big deal. You, you, you actually <laughs> went into a competition in Ma- Madison Square Garden, right? That's the... Who knew? That's the mecca of the city. That's where everything is happening. It's because hustle and, and disco was such a big thing at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. And so the Harvest Moon Ball, you know, like that, usually they do a lot of ballroom. Mm-hmm. But when hustle came in, then mm-hmm. that became another dance yeah. genre, right? right? So and then so then Madison Square Garden, I guess, after doing all the other ones, hustle was another competition. So what and, gave you... what what? This is the part that I'm interested in, right? Because a lot, a lot. Of, Finally, he's found something out about. Yeah. Me. No, there's a lot of things that I'm interested. In. So the, you know, because situations happen to us, right? And then we are, we're, we're, we're saying, I'm just, I, I just wanted, I wanted, I, I just want to try it, and to get into competition on dancing, it's, it's now it's a big, it's a big thing. And it was a big thing back then. Oh, and you had to practice. I you mean, had, like you had to go into a studio, like we would go into a studio. Some of, so this is like Saturday Night Fever. Oh no, we <laughs> dance better than Saturday Night Ooh, okay. Because when we all watched it, there, there, was, there was Saturday Night Fever. New okay. York, New York Hustle was very different than, okay. than what you saw on Saturday Night uh-huh. Fever. And so when I went okay. to see the movie, I was kind of disappointed because oh. it wasn't all this line dancing right. thing no. going on. Um, it was very different in the city. Oh, that's interesting. So, <laughs> where, how did you find? How did you find the partner? Where did you practice? You meet Who? people at the club. I mean, there were some like teams that were out there doing uh-huh. shows and stuff. Um, and so you, you, I would know all the all the players. And then they would say, "Oh, come here, you know, bring I want you to, you know, dance with me in this contest." And I'm like, "Okay." It's so interesting. And you just said, "Oh, okay." Yep. Yeah. So then, then they would throw, you know, and I was small and petite and light, and they could throw me up in the could, air. So you wait a minute. Okay. Now well, there's a, there's an wait. advantage to having yeah. her as a partner. She's a good dancer, but she's also I was small, tiny, tiny. Yeah. Uh, so so how do you okay yeah because you got to take me to you know because it involved gymnastics and all that stuff now you didn't have any formal training on no, any okay, of that so let me so let me compare it to like salsa yeah there's just i mean that you feel that music and, mm. and you don't have to go to a dance studio to learn salsa when you because mm-hmm. none of you went right no it's just you feel that music and you just go and that's hustle was kind of like that too because it was a <laughs> it was a partner uh-huh. partnership dancing mm-hmm. so 
Um, it was kind of like that. Kind of like if you had a good lead and he threw you one way, you went that way and came back. And came back. <laughs> and, and by the wow. way, I've seen um, a video of Brenda dancing. Can we get it? Salsa. And, uh, Where? Uh, uh, Bren had it. And I oh. saw Can that. And I was it? like, well, wanna, dang, Brenda. I want to put it in the description. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. We should That's why I have awesome. to like watch ben's phone yes you do he you i don't remember who i think it was him that showed it to me i was like dang it's oh because he clip. was telling me yeah it's short it must, but that i saw may have you been the hustle though that may have been like a because we it was spanish somebody. music though oh okay. spanish music it was a it was a birthday party or something or a wedding that you guys went to okay. and you were dancing. i'm like oh brenda wasn't lying See, well, my kids showing off all my stuff all your stuff <laughs> so so wait a minute so you 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 practice how, how was that day so you went to school you were still in school right you were working i was young and you were I young could, i could do this you I could do this i couldn't do this now she yeah. didn't need to so sleep you, so you were you were just going you were yeah, just doing when you're like 17 8 you have oh, that energy you got all kinds of energy mm -hmm. yeah I, we would go to the clubs and then right out because the clubs would close at four o'clock mm. and then after that some a group of us would go to the beach so we'd all have our bags and, and no one had a car. Which which one? Like we would go to Jones Beach. So Jones you'd take Beach. like the Long Island yeah. train and we'd we'd sleep on the on the, the train going uh -huh. and then we you'd get that burst of energy at the beach and then coming back everybody fall out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh fun times though. Yeah. Right? Good I mean fun those times. were I mean they were good yeah. times. When I think about it, it was like, man, I you know, there nothing bad happened. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you joined the competition. you you joined the local competition first. You win that. And then you go to Madison Square Garden. What was that like? How, yeah, what was that like? <laughs> I was shaken. Really? Well, because it's different too. And but you, when you're looking out, you can't see anything. Mm -hmm. And um, with all the know, lights and stuff, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And you, cause you can't see who's, you know, mm -hmm. you can't because you're, you're and you're too busy spinning and your partner's looking at it. Don't mess up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it's fast. It goes fast. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah, that it's was probably exciting. one exciting. That was exciting. That was exciting. And and what, what you say you didn't win, but did you come? You came close to it. I mean, you, I think they had first, second, third, and there was probably about five of us up there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't remember. Mm. I know I didn't come first or second. And you didn't care. So I'll right. just say I came third. You, you, didn't, you didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to win. Well, you went to Mad. Not everybody gets to do that. You know what I mean? I mean, people go there for games and stuff, but to go there because you won to perform to perform to do this. That's a big deal for would, a contest. Yeah. If you ask me if I would do that now. <clears throat> mm. I'd still love to dance. I oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody could lift me up right now. <laughs> that oh. might, I might need like they might need some help. Oh, <laughs> She's hilarious. Not true. But okay. <laughs> so so that um wow that's an amazing story. I mean that's you know because a lot of people spend a lot of time like learning to do things, but it just came innately. It just mm -hmm. just came out of a. But there were a lot of talented people. Mm. I wasn't the only one that. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there were a lot of people who really were good dancers back in the day. Yeah, no. but it's really not a lot of people. I mean, it's a lot of people, but I'm saying like For the it's era. A, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean you. I wouldn't have been able to do it because, like Omar always tells me, you don't you you don't know how to follow. Oh, I see you, you don't you follow. Did, but I see you dance salsa. She's trying. She but she tries to she tries to lead all the time. She's like, you know, <laughs> come on. Know I don't role. know why. Know your role. I know your role. But Anyways, <laughs> back to you. But you know what I mean? Like, not. It's almost like I, we were just talking about this the other day. Not you know. There's you you think a lot of people are doing this, but it's it's not. You know, to yeah. get to that um, place. But this wasn't what what, what was on your mind. This wasn't like a. This was 
fun. You know, we had fun. This was going to the clubs and, mm-hmm. and, and, and that was common in the, in the clubs. They would always have a, a Saturday night contest mm-hmm. and you could join mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But cool. then if you had a partner, partner that you always would dance with and your partner, it wasn't somebody you were dating either. Mm-hmm. I, no. My no. partners, I was like, no, I ain't dating you. I'll dance with you, but I won't date you. Right. <laughs> so speaking of dating, what was like at this point, you know, you're going into your, your, um, maturity level. I mean, at some point during, you know, high school and your early, you know, adolescence mm-hmm. or, um, yeah, early yeah, adult stage, uh, early adulthood. Your yeah. your you know. first love. Mm, okay, let's talk about that because I know. Did that, you have that? Yeah, I did. Mm. Yeah, I know that during the during your time, um, and we'll talk about that. That was the first thing on your oh, on your. I didn't read that on your on your That's list good. was <laughs> love and romance. That was your priority during this self reliant this this thing of wanting to be your own person. Talked about. T- let's talk about love, and let's talk about that part. Well. Okay, so you you experience the love of your parents, mm-hmm. and then when you when you're young and you meet that boy that like oh my god I'm in love, mm-hmm. and you think you're in love, mm-hmm. but it's I mean it's serious though, mm-hmm. and it hurts when mm-hmm. when you break up, mm-hmm. and so I went through all of that. So t- can you take us through it? Do you mind taking no, us no, through it? No, no, no. So that? I what did I? Oh, his, his name was Richie. Mm-hmm. God, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> you want to bleep it out? I can bleep it no, out. No, no. Um, there, there was a lot of Richies back then, right? And I met him at the and I met him at the club. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we were all young, mm-hmm. and I liked him, and then and 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 it was, it was one of the. I think I liked him more than he liked me, but then mm-hmm. it, eventually we became boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he found another girl. <laughs> the nerve of him! I know, and broke my heart. Oh, and he just. How did that go? What did what did he oh, just that was, it started was painful because that was like my first true love. Uh-huh. Like I thought it was my first true. I know differently now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, it was a phase. Yeah, but um, it was but, a, it was your first that, love, your first at experience. That moment, that whole experience that that you you feel for this other person, mm-hmm. and and you think, oh, you know, it's ever after like the movies. Yeah, and and, and it was the hurt of the betrayal, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, then you find yourself like, oh. I don't mm-hmm. have a boyfriend anymore. Yeah. Um, did you like go through that process of like, um, oh, I cried morning, like cry, yeah. yeah. Did you? I mean, I did the whole, stop you do the eating, whole thing, the, the crying. whole thing. <laughs> I don't, it took me a little bit, but not too long. Yeah. Cause then I went right back to dancing. Right. Uh, you know, I went back into doing what I loved and then. That was so it. your, your escape from that whole pit was doing the things you like to do. Right. And you know what? He would come back to the club with his girlfriend. Mm. So that was, you know, but I learned to face that and didn't, you know, and the first time he came back, I was yeah. mad. Oh, I'll bet. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna yeah, I would have, I would be, yeah. I would have been pissed too. Yeah. <laughs> but then after a while I was like, okay, mm. mm-hmm. you missed out on this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. That's a, I, how was the heartache? Cause that, that heartache is something that is like, it's hard, particularly that first love. It's hard to, to put it into words, that that pain. Like, yeah, because you think you're gonna die. Yes, you <laughs> that's Tell a good way to put it. That is the perfect way you to put it. You think like your life is over and you're gonna just <laughs> yes. die because uh-huh. this person and you can't live without them. Yeah, right. And then you wake up mm-hmm. and you realize I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then somebody else catches your eye, and it's like, oh, next. okay, <laughs> next. Now, how how were your how was your sister and your parents during this stuff? Because they see you suffering, they see you crying. 
how how were how were they doing this when they saw when they saw you go? Oh, you know, this? mom was mom would dad kind of stayed out of it because you know it was like go talk to her. <laughs> but I mean, it was like you know it was the typical mom. Don't you know worry that you know it's your first love. There's mm. you're not going to be your last. The typical the stuff that mm-hmm. now we tell our children, right? Yeah. And and trying to tell me that okay, you're not going to die. You're going to live tomorrow. It's going to be okay. Uh-huh. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um. So. Once you get over Richie. <laughs> yeah, because what other aspirations did you have during this time? Because you're going into adulthood and stuff. So were you thinking about like, um, like, did you want to move out of your parents' house? You know, did you get to that place? And then like, what was that like? Did you get another job? Were you I mean, going to yeah, college? I, know I was getting older. I didn't. Go, I didn't. As soon as I graduated high school, I didn't go straight into college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I didn't want I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I ended up working full time. With the lawyer, uh, with <coughs> he taught me the skills to go get another job. Okay, and the firm ended up splitting anyway. Mm-hmm. But interesting enough, like when I finally got married, he was a person I invited to the wedding, and he came. Oh, oh interesting. You know I mean, he always always kept in touch mm-hmm. and everything. Well, else. he helped. <clears throat> Do you feel like um, the relationship was? Um, I mean, I don't know how deep the relationship, but but he he was he helped he, to develop you and stuff. He was like a mentor. Okay, like, I mean he okay. You know, he taught me skills yeah. that I probably would have not t- learned. Yeah, and, he took and, the time to give. And, and because of him, I was able to move into other jobs. I mean, okay. I, and back in those days, you know, legal secretaries made good money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I, I after that, I kind of had one or two odd jobs. But mm-hmm. then I ended up working for like the Hertz Corporation. Mm-hmm. And where else did I work? A couple of other places. Mm-hmm. But I mean... Mainly, I was there for a long time. The okay. Hertz Corporation. So, uh, I, I when I when I looked at your uh, pre-interview questionnaire, you mentioned that uh, money. Um, what's the primary motivation at this time? And one of the things that I always think about money is the reasons why you wanted it. Right? Um, what was the reasons why you wanted to work so hard uh, during this time? Was it to move out of your parents' mm-hmm. house, be independent, or was it for some other objective? No, well. When I worked at 15, I was always independent. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when you're coming from older parents, so the older I got, the older they got. Mm-hmm. So for me, they weren't throwing me out of the house. Mm-hmm. And then there was always this, you know, like I knew that I didn't have to depend on them and, and ask them for anything. So I always took care of myself. So that's why, you know, the job was important because then I could mm-hmm. be self-sufficient. And I was yeah. going to school too and I paid for my own school. Okay. So you were um, going to school? Yeah. To college. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I was working full time. But mm-hmm. I was always smart too because I went to, I worked at jobs that had 100% tuition. Mm-hmm. Reimbursement. Reimbursement. Mm-hmm. And nice. so my bachelor's and master's was all paid for. Mm. Where I messed up was with this doctor. <laughs> <laughs> she messed yeah. up. Yeah, on my tombstone, it'll be she didn't pay in full. She did. <laughs> <laughs> I still will be owing. <laughs> so, 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 so the money was primarily to be self reliant, right? And and to help out, and to help out with yeah. your parents because you were still living in there. And then um, let's talk about school. Because you worked, you worked, and and I guess by this time you had an idea as to which path you wanted to follow. Um, not until I really got this another job with the criminal justice. Um, it was the New York City Criminal Justice Agency, mm-hmm. and and what they did basically was when you got when you were arrested and you went to Central Booking, 
you had interviewers down there that interviewed you to assess whether you know you, they release you on your own recognizance would you come back yeah <laughs> so, and i was more the administrative um in the administrative part of that agency mm-hmm. okay. what prompted you to go back or, or not back what prompted you to start going to college it was was it just primarily oh well this company hurts gave you 100 percent. that was part tuition. of it <clears throat> that was part of it but um i also realized that I was eventually going to go back and mm-hmm. I, I, I never, I mean, I didn't start right away <clears throat> out of high school, but I knew it was something I was going to continue. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the path opened up. I worked at a company that paid a hundred percent tuition. And then I went to, um, Hunter, mm. Hunter, which is a CUNY college. School, yeah. The mm-hmm. city university of New York. So one of their colleges mm-hmm. right? and, um, finished that. But during during my bachelor's is when my mom passed. Mm. So it was during that time, and I was and I was going to school at night. And my my mother had gotten really ill, and she was battling her diabetes and stuff. Mm. So it was a time where I was trying to juggle a full time job, go to school, you know, have dad at home, and now you know they're older because my mm-hmm. my mom passed at like sixty seven. So I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and what kind of effect did that have on you? Um, there was a lot going on mm-hmm. and I didn't, fi- I didn't stop school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, after school I would go to the hospital cause she was hospitalized for a while and then I would go there and then come back home. You know, mm-hmm. it, I was just, old. I was t- m- taking care of dad at home mm-hmm. because he was worried about her. And then I would go to the hospital to check on her because the nurses sometimes didn't really do their job. Mm. And so I'd have to go in there and crack the whip. <laughs> right. Um, and, and that was a tough time. And, and then she finally had a heart attack and, and they couldn't revive her. Mm. And, and then I think I missed a week of school because we had the funeral and everything mm. else. And so I was always the, the, I was the younger sister, but I was the one that took care of the, the parents. Right. Yeah. And so when she passed, <clears throat> dad was very, they were very close. Mm. I mean, they, they had a very special relationship um, and he took it really hard, mm. you know, so what, you know, taking care of him and then his focus then became me. <laughs> yeah. And then it, after that, it was like, I, then I knew I, I wasn't going to move out. Okay. Because right. on her, on her deathbed, she said, promise me you will never put your father in a home. Mm. And he oh, was wow. the older one. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, we thought he would go first. Yeah. Yeah. When you look back <laughs> at, at their relationship, like what's one of the takeaways that you take from that? I mean, it seems to be a beautiful, <clears throat> a beautiful partnership that they had and a, and a mutual understanding and appreciation. Yeah, it, it was real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was real and I, and I thought that's what I always wanted for myself. It right. didn't turn out that like that for me though. Mm-hmm. Um but I was okay. I still made it through my challenges. Mm-hmm. Um but I never had what they had. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, and I think it's rare when you find that. Mm. But I mean, yeah, he was he was always faithful to her, mm-hmm. and, and vice versa, you right. know, hard to him. And they, and family was was key. Mm-hmm. Family and their faith were were the two two right. things that was important to them. Right, that brought them together. And what about you? I mean, you're <coughs> you're losing your your mom, your mother, um, and now you have extra responsibilities that most people won't take at this particular day and time. How were you feeling? You know, that was never a burden. I never thought of it as a burden because they took care of me. Um, it, it didn't impose on me. I mm-hmm. mean, I just, I worked, 
came home, you know, dad, you okay? He was, you know, you have to keep in mind, he was older, but he was very self-sufficient. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking care of him as much, I think, as he was taking care of me. (laughs) So he was very, I mean, he could still cook. Mm -hmm. I mean, the man was, you know. Right. So it was just a matter of just company being company like, yeah being being that he wouldn't be alone yeah I, I would never have put him in a in a in a home yeah you were and i never did promise. yeah i yeah. never did yeah what, what what about your sister during this time well my sister you know is married she moved to florida oh, okay mm-hmm. um so she had her own life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and we had grown apart okay oh. this, the, the what about your other sister you never know. had okay i never knew what okay. ever happened to her okay mm-hmm. okay yeah. that's interesting so, so really only grew up with the one sister and okay. was she not um, close to her? Um, she was the sister. She was this. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of the the, the framework. She was the oldest one. The right. one that so, you did not know. Right. Okay. That's what Never I thought. really. You were not close she to was her. Not you didn't in connect the to her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. That's what I'm trying to right. get at. I'm like, okay. Because I was like, is it yeah, the other So sister? that's why I don't know a lot I about gotcha. her. Yeah. And she was much older? I don't, I like, I don't know if she was maybe... Maybe two years older than my my other my yeah, sister. sister. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So now what? Now you you're going through this. You 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 go. You're in school. You're um, making sure your father is okay. You're working. Now what? Now what happens now? I'm trying. Okay. So I still am working. <laughs> and then um, now you mentioned the criminal justice. Yeah. That, then eventually I transfer over to this criminal justice, and that's where I then go. For my master's. Okay. And at one point I thought I wanted to be a lawyer too. Okay. So I started looking into that. Yeah. And then I was like, I really don't think so. I mean, yeah. but it was because criminal justice was always something that I was always a part of one way or the other. And and like if I, and you look at my, my path, I'm always in the courthouse. Okay. Well, I'm always somewhere where there's a case, there's something that I'm tied to. Yeah. With some kind of criminal <laughs> element. I don't right. know, is my nature or what? <laughs> but but it was always the You're field. You're curious. <laughs> it was mm. always the field that kind of I always came back to. Right. So, right. so I'm and not surprised that I am where I'm at. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. So then when <clears throat> you, did you major like what was your bachelor's degree and then if you were interested always into or a part of the ju- or the criminal justice field right you were a part of it did you major in that no your- so the, the bachelor's was in communications like okay communications media okay and then and your then master's my master's degree. then was in criminal justice okay. what, what was your original plan with communication and media oh i think i because i didn't know what i wanted at okay. that point okay. yeah because you did mention you didn't know what you wanted to do yeah. but Okay. So then uh, criminal justice came later. And and what was the that thing that propelled you to say, okay, I'm going to focus on this? So um, so when I was working for lawyers, because mm-hmm. like the first lawyer I'm working at 15, he did more civil actions. And then I, when I went to Hertz, it was corporate law. Oh, okay. So, but then when I get into like the criminal justice agency, then I get to see a whole other yeah. <clears throat> field of law. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, and then that's kind of where I, I found the interest. Because, I mean, criminal justice used to do also research mm. for, like, this for the city. Mm-hmm. They were contracted with the city, and they did a, they, like, a, I don't know if you ever heard of Vera Institute. They are, they're a big no. research um, ag- agency in New York, and, and they had partnered with the New York City Criminal Justice Agency. And we did a lot of research on, especially the ROR, when, you know, when some that come, that are released on their own recognizance, do they actually come back mm-hmm. or, or are we out looking for them with a warrant or something? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but, and I stayed there for like 11 years. Oh, wow. 
So I got so Long that's time. where I, I met my husband. I get married. I get divorced. Okay, so that's good because that that will lead us perfectly into um, the next part of of um, our life. conversation. Yeah, the, the second phase of your life, so to speak. So now we're sort of talking about your maturity stage, and this is the stage where people are sort of um, finding their uh, professional footing. Um, they're establishing strong relationships, you know, um, and, and sort of really finding their way and, and sort of, that's what we're interested in knowing about. So you're talking about getting married. I I get married and it's all going good. And I guess because I'm really good at investigating things, (laughs) it wasn't good for him. So I was this is imagine. actually a really good story. Yeah, I don't know how much she's going to tell us, but it's pretty good. Oh, I'll tell you it all. L- l- let Let's start with the how you guys met and how how that particular part before pre marriage come about. Okay, let me think. He he used to um, do karate. Okay, and um, I had a friend who was doing karate in the same dojo he was, mm. and we went to go pick up her sister mm-hmm. who was taking the class, mm-hmm. and he saw me there, mm. so he asked the sister, "Who's there?" Mm. And then, then it's that's how it started, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then he we went on a date, and then I guess at some point fell in love. And then he said, "Will you marry me?" And I said, "Yes." Yeah, so right, right. <laughs> but um, and it was all good. I thought this was it. I thought this was the happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he was. I mean, he worked at a, a company, and then at, and then he also did like um sound for the bands, the the salsa bands. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he was in the clubs, and. And this is what, 80s, 90s, 80s? No, this is 90s because I, ma- I got married in the 90s. Okay, 90s. And and then one, just kind of that, that womanly instinct. And I always tell my friends when that hits, <laughs> go with it. Mm, right. Um, and, you know, and it was funny because my friends, if he was a nice guy, everybody loved him. Right. And when I said, no, I think something's going on. They're like, no, Brenda, he's so nice. He would never do that yeah. to you. And mm-hmm. I was like. All right, I'm telling you something's mm-hmm. not going right. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, we had just bought a house in, in Pennsylvania. Mm. <clears throat> so I thought, okay, I got the house, I got the husband, got dogs. And you still have your dad at home, too. Dad was, right. I mean, dad was living with me. I, right. I mean, he came, I took him. He's part of the package. He's part of the package. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, w- and he was good yeah. about all of that. Yeah. But um, I guess the clubbing, he must have met somebody. And, um, you know, we, and we still had my father's apartment in the city. Okay. So, and me being the caring wife would say, you know what? It's too late to drive all the way to Pennsylvania. Cause our home was in Pennsylvania. Why don't you stay at the apartment mm-hmm. and just come in the morning? Well, then that became like, okay, I'm going to stay at the apartment. So this is when he would go do his, <clears throat> he his, was get his gigs or whatever at right. the club. Cause he wasn't just clubbing without you. He was going to do these jobs, yeah, was, right? These things right. working, right? Work. Oh, he's, he was working. Well, he really was working. It was after the working. Okay. He was, doing he, he was putting overtime. <laughs> he was, right. Extracurricular activities. Putting in overtime, this guy says. <laughs> I gotcha. So, so how did you find out that he yeah. was doing oh, this? Because at first, the instinct. This is a delicious story. The instinct, the, the instinct comes out. And this is the second time we talked about instinct. Uh, and we're going to touch on that later. Um, so the instinct comes out. And so how do, what do you, how do you follow that instinct and what do you do? So I was still getting the bills from the telephone because we still had a telephone hooked up in the apartment. Mm, okay. So my gut was like, something's going on. So mm. I called up the, at that point it was like Bell South or something. Mm-hmm. And I right, called yeah. up and I said, I would like to, you know, can I have a listing of my, my 
the numbers and the calls are going out of this number at home, blah, blah, blah. So I, I finally get the bill because mm-hmm. they, you know, they couldn't email it to me because that days they mailed mm-hmm. I had to wait. Mm-hmm. To mail it, yeah. So I get this and then all of a sudden it's like all these numbers and I know they're not mine. Mm. And they were, you know, that's when the detective in me comes out and then I'm like looking at all the times that the calls are coming in. Mm-hmm. See like three numbers that are the same. And I'm thinking, okay, so this one, at that point people had pagers. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I figured that one of them was a pager and one had to be a work number and a house number. Mm-hmm. And and they were all at late at night in the morning. I mean, it was just odd times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And never when he was with me. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I went to work the next day and I said to my friend, I need you to do me a favor and call this number. Tell them you're calling me because you need a sound guy for a band. Mm-hmm. If he, is he available? And so she calls, and the girl says, he's not here right now. But can I take a message Mm. for him? (laughs) So she said, oh, no, you know, she goes, I'll call him back. Do you know when he's going to be back? And she says, yeah, probably later on this evening. Oh, wow. (sighs) So I was like, okay. So she hung up the phone, and I took a breath, Mm. and then I called. Yeah. And then I said, this is so-and-so's wife. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. And but it ended it. up being that that was her sister who picked up the phone. Mm. And the, 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 the other the ladies. The other girl's sister. Okay. So I, she said, I think, oh, I think you want to talk to my sister. So I said, yeah, I think I might want to talk to your sister. So yeah. I said, what's her, which one of these numbers can I reach her at? Mm. And then um, mm. I called her and, and I was very polite. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't. Person mm-hmm. up a storm. I, you know, I handled it very well. Told her I could pack his bags and deliver it to her in Brooklyn if mm. she wanted. Um, and, and then she just. And, and so. so then after, how did you confront him? How was that confrontation? Um, okay, so <laughs> he had a pathfinder that was in both our names. Mm-hmm. So I left work one day early. We, I had the extra set of keys and drove that pathfinder all the way to Pennsylvania. So when he came. To, at the apartment at that point, to, and he realized he couldn't find the car. And I left him a message. And I said, hey, if you're looking for the Pathfinder, it's parked in Pennsylvania mm. in the house we bought together. Yeah. And then mm. he went off. Mm-hmm. He went off. Yeah, because it was like castration because I took his car. Mm-hmm. Was that a, just a response out of anger because he was caught? He got busted. He mm-hmm. got busted? But karma comes back. Okay. Um. So the the girl that he was... So head over heels was, um, she had two kids. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Willie and I didn't have any children yet. And um, so she actually had a boyfriend and then she would call him over to take care of her kids. Oh my gosh. So when I say <laughs> karma comes back, he got it back. Mm. What do you mean? What happened? Uh, well, because he didn't realize she had a boyfriend and that he was babysitting the kids while he, she was going to hook up with her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, so the player got played. Okay, he sure did. And then did. whatever what happened too was when when he found out that I find I found out. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I so and it was humiliation for him because the wife then finds out you got played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I told him. I said, so the wife that was very faithful to you mm-hmm. all these years, you know, all, all this time. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't appreciate it, and then you got what you got. What did he say to all that? He, he, mm-hmm. you know, he couldn't say much. There was, like, nothing you could say. It was like, okay, mud on my face. Now, did he try to to, to sway you back to... No, we agreed to go to counseling. Okay. So I After think it, all this happened, you agreed? Okay. 
Yeah, I think women are more forgiving, mm-hmm. or will try at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we went a couple of sessions, and I don't think his heart was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the, the I remember the, exactly the last day of the counseling session because he she, the counselor said to him, you know, hey, listen, if this is gonna work, you guys need to live together. Because yeah. at that point, he was still staying in the, in the city. Yeah. And then he said to me, he would. He said, well, I'll have lunch with her on. Da, 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 days because we worked close and then he says and then i'll go up on the weekends mm. and but i'll come back mm-hmm. so she looked at me and she said brenda how do, what do you think <laughs> i turned around to her and i said i think it's time for that d word mm-hmm. i said i'm done yeah and but, i turned around to him and i said i'm worth more than 11 hours yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was it and that was it now how did how do you feel about growing up catholic and mm. and and this being frowned upon mm-hmm. um that's a big deviation from from that that's back in the day back mm-hmm. in the day i think well back in the day mm-hmm. it was more strict mm-hmm. um but when it but but at the point of where i was in my life um i wasn't it wasn't i mean i when i tried to go to counseling that was my effort to try to save the marriage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i don't think you know when i don't think you can force somebody to love you Mm-hmm. And I never wanted a life like that. Right? Yeah. And I thought that I was worth more than the 11 hours he was willing to offer me. And so it that was an easy decision for me. No guilt. Mm-hmm. I did what was right you for did, me. Right, yeah, you, right. Well, you did what was right for you, but you also tried effort, to make the you know, effort. I made yeah. the effort. And yeah, for sure. And that's all you can do. Yeah. You can't. What about your dad? What did he say about this? Um, you know, he was older. So mm-hmm. he, he just wanted me to be happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said, if, if you're happy, you know, mm-hmm. and he, and he actually said it too. He said, you can't force a man to love you. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and those were some really powerful wor- words. Mm-hmm. And, and he was absolutely true. Oh. That, you know, that you can't. Yeah. When somebody yeah. checks out and you realize that they mm-hmm. checked out and they don't love you. Yeah. To have that, you know, not to chase after that person or whatever. Yeah. And just, know I mean, that and, you know, up the, now, I mean, like he's on my Facebook, we talk. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. We don't talk. We'll wish each other happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like he, like I've seen all the girlfriends he's had. He's not remarried either. Mm-hmm. No, he's and, you're, and so you're courteous. Like, and it sounds like you know, like all his girlfriends kind of either one way or something did something to him. Mm. You know. Mm. Yeah. So, so what about the logistics now? Now that you arrived arrived at this decision, um, how long did it take you to go over through the divorce and how did the assets of the separation and all that stuff took place? Because well, that's that <laughs> could what be, was that transition. That like, could be yeah. a mess. That could be a mess. I can it really it wasn't as bad of a mess okay. as, as you know, because we had bought the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, he thought he was doing me a favor when he said he would give me everything. Mm. <laughs> so I said, no, no deal, because everything's not paid for. Right. Mm. And because he wanted me to take his name off the house. I mean, I think he, I don't know. He served me separation papers on my birthday. Oh, wow. So that didn't go over too mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in the end, I said, no, you know, we're in this together and you get exactly what I get. Right. Um, and. You know, when did I end up selling the house, bankruptcy and everything? So I had like this this whole, mm-hmm. you know, life thing just kind of hit bottom and mm-hmm. I had to rebuild. Yeah. So right. and he stayed in New York and he, you know, he had a good job. And so I was in PA, stuck with a house in the winter. Mm. So you had you, you, <clears throat> ha- you had to go into bankruptcy to get rid of the house. So Can you take if you don't mind, can you take us through that? Because that's a process that could be very... Um, 
tough. Yeah, it's, stre- it's, it's, it's stressful. It's devastating for some um, people. Well, you know, I always knew that I could survive. Mm-hmm. I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't give up. And, and I had, at that point, you know, I had a house that I was going to lose. I had my dad mm-hmm. and I yeah. had to take care of. So it was not just me. I wasn't just packing me up and moving out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I had to pack up dad and we, and I got an apartment like closer in the city in PA mm-hmm. and, and, you know, life began new mm-hmm. and the bankruptcy I knew was going to be on me and I would have to build that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also had to take a, a, a cut in pay and, mm-hmm. and, 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 wor- and then I ended up working in Pennsylvania and, um, and it's different. It's it's not New York. The pay is different. And mm-hmm. I and I ended up go, working for um, a child service. Mm. I was a caseworker. Case so worker. I mean, I t- completely went like from making a real high salary to a low salary. So it was mm-hmm. very humbling too. Mm-hmm. But I took it. How how were those times <laughs> in which I mean, it's inevitable that in times like that, even if you have the support of your wonderful father, you know, you feel alone, you feel deserted. Um, how were you able to deal with that darkness and that solitude? I think I think when you're going through like a divorce and you and things like that, at some point, you know, you like everything, you mourn it, mm-hmm. and then you come out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the lesson you learn when you come out of it is the important lesson. And I realized that the divorce was just that; it was something that wasn't going to work, but it didn't change who I was. Um, my path was going to change. I mm-hmm. had to rebuild. Did mm-hmm. I resent the fact that I had to do that? Was I angry for a little bit? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't stay there. I couldn't stay <clears throat> in, in a state of anger or resentment or else I would never have moved on. Mm-hmm. And I thought at that point, the process for me was I had to move on mm-hmm. yeah. because I wasn't going to get anywhere. I couldn't be the victim. I had to move on. Yeah. And I had, you know, I had to take care of dad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was, there was a responsibility there. Yeah. And that seems to be my pattern. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It just, that seems to be, you know, challenge after challenge after challenge. And it's like. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. what's the next? Well, so what happens next? So you take this lower paying job and what's, what happens with you? I next? mean, so life goes on. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then at some point I meet my son's father. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I met him because then I ended up taking martial arts. And, and that, and I, and that's what really kept me going. And mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, I was focused somewhere else and, mm-hmm. and then so I, this is almost like that, like when the dance came in, took your right, mind off of like, things yeah, right. and, then and karate then, comes in and I'm like mm-hmm. really good at this too. And I'm yeah. like, all right, punching bags and everything. <laughs> felt I get all my frustrations out. <laughs> felt good, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I met, I met my son's father and, um. So we get together, and then at that point, then I get pregnant, and I'm mm. like, "No, this can't be happening to right, me." Right, right. And 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 I told him, you know, you don't have to marry me. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hold you because of this. Mm-hmm. And I decided that regardless, I was going to have this baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, were you not that serious? Is that why you said that, or were you just sort of just like? I mean, I yeah, I, I think we were like getting there, but I didn't want to force somebody, yeah. you know, just mm-hmm. to be with me because I was, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted it. If you're gonna be with me, be with me. Yeah. Not because I'm having a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he stayed through the pregnancy and everything else. Um, but that went south too. Mm-hmm. And and then to top it off, then of course you know Ben mm-hmm. was a preemie, right? And so that was a whole another. So tell tell us about that, you know, um, Ben, and uh, and this challenging situation. So yeah, so I mean, everything's going fine, and then Ben decides he's going to come early. Mm. <laughs> How early is early? 
Um, he was supposed to be born like late January, February, mm-hmm. and he came on Christmas Eve. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So he was like six weeks. Okay. And um, my water broke. I mean, it was my doctor's appointment. I was going in for my doctor's. I was like, and I was driving from Pennsylvania to New York because mm. I was still kind of working in New York, even though I was living in, no, well, yeah, because I had, I think I fast forwarded because I was still working in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it's after I had been that I was started working. In oh, okay. But so I have, I have this doctor's appointment and I'm like, oh, I think I have to go to the bathroom. Because mm. I'm like, oh my God, you know. Like I can't hold it. Yeah. And then I get up and my water breaks. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, what is this? Mm. Nobody told me this happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was like, <coughs> it's December, so it's snowing. And oh. we, we had stopped off at um, Ben's father's um, parents' house. Mm. And they lived up there on, well, the hospital Ben was born in was Mount Sinai. And on that was like 95th Street and, and 5th Avenue or Park, I forget, like, or cent- it was like near Central Park, but mm. it was on the east side. And um, so they put me in a cab and take me to the hospital, and I'm like, this can't be happening. We call calling my doctor, say, I'm going to miss that appointment mm. <laughs> until water broke. <laughs> and he's like, what? Yeah. So we get there, and then now, you know, your water breaks, they're not letting you go. No. Mm-hmm. So they admitted me in. I think I, my water broke on the 22nd. So I'm sitting there for two days. Mm-hmm. Oh, ben wow. doesn't want to come out. I'm sitting there like, this can't be happening. And yeah. Um, so then fast forward, Ben comes on the 24th, like 11, 10. Right. And so 50 minutes right before Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go down and, and, well, they take him right away downstairs because he's early and they want to take him to the NICU. Yeah. And everything seems fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sharing a room with this other lady, and she had a boy, too. And they're all happy, and the baby's up in the room, but not my baby. Yeah. And and then um, I think the social worker comes up, like, the next morning. And she tells me um, there's some issues with Ben. We're going to hold him in the NICU for a couple of days, so we can't release him. And I was running a fever, so they couldn't release me either. Mm-hmm. And um, so... And what ends up happening is Ben's stomach expands and then they found blood in his stool and that just started the whole ball game. Mm-hmm. And they found out that he had holes in his intestines. Oh, no. So then the doctor, she comes up and tells me, you know, I'm going to let the doctor talk to you. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Mm. And so they tell me this whole thing. And, and of course, it's like life threatening. And they tell me I could stay at the hospital. Um, they had to do exploratory surgery on him. Now he's a newborn. Yeah. And they take him up and they cut him open. Mm. And I come down and I see that and I'm like, oh, my God, he's got wires, everything, you know, the whole NICU scene. Yeah. And then, but now he's got like this big bandage over his little mm. tummy and he's still all puffed up. Mm. And then we find out that, you know, they tell me, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure what we can do for him. Mm. So we're going to let you stay the night in case he passes in the night. Oh, and my I'm God. Like, That's devastating. So they know like I'm Catholic mm-hmm. and they ask me, do you want the priest to baptize him? So I'm like, yes. And the priest comes down, and, and like it's like this, you know, this dark cloud in the NICU now. And he's all the way in the back, and the priest comes, and everybody's just like they know, and yeah. they, you know, like they don't know what to, because all the mothers are experiencing something. If you're in the NICU, mm-hmm. you know, your baby came too early, something's, you something's know. going. So on. everybody, and that was that was the the way in the NICU. Every you know, everybody was mm-hmm. always respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, so he baptizes Benjamin, and that was, I just you know kind of lost it then. Mm-hmm. But I think that was a turning point, too, in terms of the faith, because I was mad. 
Mm-hmm. You know, before the baptism, I was mad. I was like, you know, why would you do this? You know, mm-hmm. why would you, mm-hmm. why would you give me, let me give birth to a, a baby and then take it right away? Yeah. Um, and, but then after something with what happened, whatever happened in the baptism was, cause I kind of like gave him up. Like I surrendered and said, if you want him, then I guess you must have a purpose for him. But if you keep, if I, I get to keep him, yeah. then that means he has a purpose and I have to f- make sure he gets there. Yeah. So that was that. And then Ben gradually, you know, started coming around. We were in the NICU for like three months. He's my, I call him my holiday baby. Cause we, Got there for Christmas. We spent New Year's. Yeah. Valentine's, he has his, like, basic final surgery. Because he had, like, they went in, like, two times after that. Because they just, it wasn't something you could see on an x-ray. Yeah. They had to go in. And every time they went in, they had the the, the bowel transplant team. Because they said he would have to have, like, we would have to get a donor trans mm-hmm. to have him have a transplant. And then, of course, I'm feeling guilty because I'm thinking another baby has to die in yeah. order to give it to Ben. Yeah. So you make friends with all the moms and, you know, so I was there for three months. I was like the welcome committee. Yeah. <laughs> this is how it's going to happen. It's going to be fine. You know? Yeah. And, um, and Ben was, you know, Ben had everybody, you know, it was like, then he became big Ben because, you know, he mm-hmm. was getting bigger than the other ones, but he mm-hmm. still, even when he came home, he was like, he was born at five pounds. So he still had some good weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when we left the hospital, like three months later, he was seven eleven. Mm-hmm. So he was the size of a newborn. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all the all the healthcare workers were really good. Um and that and that was some lessons learned in there too. Uh you like you let your faith kinda you just go with it. Yeah. And you know, then the, the hardest lesson is you can't control it. Yeah. Mm. You know, I didn't know what tomorrow was gonna bring because every day was a roller coaster ride. He'd be good one day and then the next day maybe not so good and you're panicking and every time he had to go back in for surgery, you never knew what the outcome was gonna be. Yeah. It must have been really like uh <clears throat> it must have been really tenuous. Like uh were oh. you really like emotional? Like I mean you share the story and I know the story, but uh you share the story now and it, I mean it makes me tear up. But were you really like did you like lose it emotionally or oh. did you just, Oh yeah. Okay. So you I had mean, a lot of that. But what I did do was I had a, a journal. Mm-hmm. And so every day that he was, I wrote him a letter mm. in the journal. And so when I go back every now and then and I read it and I see where my emotions were, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and That's you can, and you could tell where um, I'm upset about something or I'm questioning right. my faith. And then right. all of a sudden I'm, I'm back on track. Right. And or that Ben Ben had a good day, right. Ben had a bad day, right, right. Um, so, but he does come home, which no, is well, he does bef- come oh, home. Sorry. Before we go into that, <laughs> so what was your support system outside of your faith during that time? All my friends. Mm-hmm. Ben's father was for a while, then he, then he just another one. You know, I I, I don't know. But during this time, he just no, he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I don't. It wasn't like he didn't support me when I needed it. Okay. And 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 I knew he was going through his things, but I was like I was there for Ben, and I mm-hmm. couldn't pay attention to his needs at that point. Mm-hmm. And you know, th- and that's you know, I think, and he, you know, he wanted attention. So I was like, there's only one of me. Yeah. And right now, the one that needs the attention is the child I'm trying to save. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're not gonna leave him there. No, so stuff, I mean, so. but my friends were all really supportive. They would come and see Ben, you know, and see me. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so the support system was good. And I think they were all shocked, too. You had good friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I, and I what say. about your dad during this time? Well, dad was in PA. Right. So, so I, who was I stayed. Care? My neighbor, one of my neighbors was keeping an eye okay. on him for me. Because mm-hmm. it was around, you know, for when I came home, let's just say when I came home in March, the Christmas tree was still up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but, wrong with that. No. Um, <laughs> you know, but I stayed in, New- I wouldn't leave the hospital. Yeah. 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 I mean, they were nurses were like, Mom, you got I was like, Yeah, I'll be back. It was like seven to seven. That was the shift. Yeah. I was there at seven, kinda went and ate dinner, came back and I welcomed the next shift. Yeah. And they were really good with me because they would give me a pillow, let me sleep on the on the couch outside. Because mm-hmm. I and you know there's that maternal instinct too. Um, I knew when he was having a bad day. Yeah. yeah. And then I would stay close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So, but, so you do get to bring Ben home, obviously. Mm -hmm. So he, how is that, that transition from being in the NICU every day to now, okay, now I'm home because you brought him to Pennsylvania, right? So now you're back home because (laughs) you didn't work during this time or anything. No, I took two years off. Yeah. I took two years off and then I, you know, I had a a big pension from my job Mm -hmm. and, and, and at that point, you know what? I had never been on like public assistance. So Mm -hmm. I didn't even know anything about public assistance that I Mm could have. I find out later. I'm like, man, I just blew (laughs) out my whole pension. Um, Oh, when you could have gotten assistance. Right. And so I'm like, so I'm living on this thing for like two years and you know but that's the sacrifice you make because yeah. i knew I, I was i didn't want anybody else taking care of ben no mm-hmm. yeah but i mean grandpa was very happy to see him oh I'm and, sure. and benjamin is is named after his grandfather oh, mm-hmm. yeah so you know and that was cute to see them you know interact yeah because that was sweet that was really sweet yeah and he was very excited that he was named after benjamin oh i'll bet <laughs> or the benjamin Good was named after, after him, him. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But as they well, as they started to switch, one getting older and, and one getting younger. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I had two children. Yeah, it didn't, two, it yeah. didn't didn't matter. I was yeah, taking yeah. care of You're two Benjamin. Yeah, mm-hmm. two, both of them. Yeah. So so he's getting older and more um, dependent on you then. Both of them. Okay. <laughs> well, we know Ben. Ben is, but your your father is. Well, he's still more. older, but he's he's still self sufficient. Yeah, mm-hmm. because okay, I don't want to tell your story, but yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but you were doing, you were taking care of both of them. How was the transition into having Ben home and like? Well, you at know, some when point the, you had to go back to work, right? And when you come home from the NICU, you know, like at the NICU, they're all attached to stuff. So when something's going on, the bells and whistles go, go off, on. so you know. Mm. Yeah. You come home, you, they're not attached to anything. Yeah, yeah. and you don't know. He needs something. So like I was kind of like awake 24-7. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just because yeah. that first couple of days because I was kind of in that panic mode. Of, mm-hmm. But then I got used to it. And, he, and Ben was really he was doing thriving. Yeah. So he was really doing well. That's good. Um, How and then, was he as a baby? He was a good baby. Was he? He was a good baby. Because he, he went through a lot. And yeah. Then, like they poked him, everything. But I mean, he was a really good baby. He slept. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a cranky baby. Mm-hmm. Now he is. <laughs> He's still a cranky baby. Yes, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so as you progressed, right, you have um um where where does how does Ben's dad um, now that he's home, how does he interact and what happens in that relationship? So he, I would say he was trying to be a good dad. Mm-hmm. But another one that just couldn't get it together. Mm. And so as a mother, then my maternal instincts was to protect my son. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like he he wasn't abusive to me, but I could see where it could have been. Mm. And um, and we both did martial arts together. Right. So and what, what I didn't like is every time we had a disagreement, he would pick up Ben and hold the baby 
Mm. And then, you know, he knew then I wouldn't attack. I, mm. I wouldn't say anything. I would be like, put the baby down. Because as soon as he put the baby down, I was ready to knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't like that. I didn't like that you're picking up our son to put him in the you. middle yeah. of, oh. you know, an argument here. Yeah. Um, didn't like that. And I knew at that point, your days are numbered here. Mm-hmm. And another one, I was just like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, you're... And I, you, I'm just mm-hmm. asking, I guess, you're at a different stage in your life. You've already experienced heartbreak mm-hmm. um, with, in your relationship. So you're at a different stage in your life, and now you have Ben, and he's like the center of your world along with your father right. because you're taking care of these two men or these two people. Right. Um, and so you don't got time for this BS with this no. person. So it was easy for you to determine your days are numbered, right? So then what, when you, when you realized that, what was that? Like, did you just take your focus and put it on Ben, the two Ben's or do would like, what was going on there? Cause you all eventually you had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And then I know that you transition after that as well. So tell us about that. So eventually he gets to leave cause I kind of put his stuff in a garbage bag and put it outside. You say mm. he gets to leave. <laughs> I helped him to get right. to leave. Okay. Um, well, he gets to it. There's no help. It's like you, he, he gets you to get leave. to leave here. And, and we had, you know, we, we had the same dojo friends. Right. So they came, I think over to the house to protect him. Oh, not me. Hilarious. Cause I was like, you know, this is my house. And I'm not having this. Yeah, no. You know, yeah. not, you, we're not going to raise my son this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to him, "This is my son because mm-hmm. we, you're not. This is this is unacceptable." Because mm-hmm. I, th- I thought, you know, at some point, I didn't want him. Hurt. Ben was, you know, he was already a sick baby. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you, you know, yeah. no. And I was, and I was fine. I could, I could handle myself by myself. We had yeah. already you experienced, know, yeah. This so stuff, so yeah. And and Ben was my priority. And yeah. that was it. There was there mm-hmm. was no. I didn't think twice. Right. You know. And I think that's when when you're a mom and your son or your daughter has gone through something, mm-hmm. and your partner's not going to be supportive and start playing these games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's that is a very easy choice. Yeah. It was for me. Yeah. It, you know, there was no. Oh well, maybe. No, right. it was no. You're right. out. Yeah. Why do you think that <laughs> happens? Um, I mean, you've been in the criminal justice system and you've seen a lot of families, so you worked in that. Um, what is it about certain men and the, the, the immaturity of not taking relationship, I mean, not taking responsibility for, for their part? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you grew up with a, with a family that had a core right? and, and, and both parents took care of you. And it's, it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. it's not a monetary thing. Yeah. You're going to pay child support, right? You bought this, you know, mm-hmm. it's only fair. But it wasn't even that because he really wasn't even paying a lot of child yeah. support. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I could have done without the money. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as a father, he wasn't there for him. You know, he would make promises. I'm going to come see you. Like, as he got older, mm-hmm. then he I'm going to come see you. I mean, he eventually, so dad, his dad eventually gets married and has two children. And then, you know, every it was like every other, Ben's getting older and Ben is now able to, talk to his dad and, mm-hmm. and it was all these false promises. I'm going to come see you. I'm going to, uh, you know, mm. and then I would have to pick up the pieces yeah. because I, what I never did was I never bad mouthed his dad Yeah, mm-hmm. because I didn't want Ben to think that his bad, his dad didn't love him. I thought that was important mm-hmm. that he had to know that, you know, whatever issues we had, it was our issues. It mm-hmm. wasn't Ben's issues. Right. And that, you know, his father was good at, at a point, um, but just not good enough to stay. Yeah. Not, not to father him. Right. You know, 
the way he should. And he, mm-hmm. and he made that choice. Right. And he made the choice to, to not be in contact with him. Right. And, you know, Ben always wanted that father figure. Um, but the disappointment was starting to show. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day at 10 years old, because now we've had him call, you know, it was a constant, I'm going to, you know, Christmas is coming. I mean, his birthday is on Christmas Eve. That is not a hard time to remember when your son's, when your son's birthday is. And then, you know, so he wouldn't even call. Mm. And there would be these random calls. I mean, and and we're not talking days, we're talking years. Mm. And um, at 10 years old, Ben, finally, you know, we get that one last call. And I, well, took me two weeks to tell Ben, but after I reamed his father out on the phone. Mm-hmm. And so I had sit down with Ben, we're having dinner, and, and I said to him, hey, you know, got to ask you a question. Your dad called. And Ben, like, you know, looks up. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, he wants to know if, you know, he can call you. So I said, I'm going to let you make that decision. And Ben was, you know, he, and then, you know, with the, the saddest thing is when you see your kid's eyes tear up mm-hmm. mm. and he did. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what's wrong? You know, talk to me. He was, it was mom. All I want is a dad. Mm. So I was like, hmm. And I said, well, and I said, well, wh- well, what would a dad be? And he said, well, you know, he could take me to the baseball games. He'd take me fishing, yeah. all the things a son wants. Mm-hmm. And then he said, hey, mom, and then when you go shopping and help you with the groceries. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I said, well, but what about your dad? I said, are you going to give him a second chance or third chance? And I said, what do you want to do? And he says, uh, then he tells me, well, why can't you just get married and, and have a, get me a dad? So I said, so, well, it's not like I can go to Walmart and buy one, you know, find one or, you know, Bolo. <laughs> Bolo. So he says, uh, I said to him, you know. Bolo. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, he, so he didn't, you know, then he, he but so his, his mm. bottom line that he goes, okay, mom, I'll give him one more chance. Right. Mm. And so here's the son that's willing to give him a chance, and he didn't follow through. Wow. So after that, then I think, you know, I was waiting for Ben to get to that stage where he could figure this out, mm-hmm. that dad wasn't going to keep his word. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, that was the turning point for Ben. Mm-hmm. And then so he made the decision on his own to sort of. And, uh, and he never talked about his dad again. Yeah. And he, uh, the dad never tried to reach again. He tried once. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because the child support kept on stopping and he made the mistake of calling one day. So I traced his phone number oh. <laughs> and then I called the child detective. support. Yeah, the detective <laughs> came in. I called child support services. Here's a number that he called me from. Mm-hmm. And wow. then they then. But I'm telling you, like the money wasn't the issue because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it no. wasn't like he was not paying a lot of yeah. child support. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not for for that. Yeah. But it, but it, but it, it takes it affects you know the child when the when the oh, father yeah, I mean, oh. or would any parent is not responsible or it's not there well especially a son and, yeah. I, and i think that was the lesson for me because you know i was always the mom that went to the baseball games mm-hmm. and i thought i'm doing this i'm doing this right i'm doing this right yeah and then it it didn't matter it didn't matter no. what i did because what was missing was that father figure yeah mm-hmm. so now wow. all of this took place while you were in pennsylvania, pennsylvania. and so what so now at this point where you transition to what, where were you at at this point? You go, you're working. Which, and all I'm that still stuff working. And, okay. and um, so, well, that was 10, but so before he, all of that, um, when Ben was about three, that's when my dad passes mm. and um, that triggered a whole different lifestyle. That's what brought me to Florida. 
Okay. Mm, tell us about his yeah. his passing. And so I mean, he lived a, a, a hundred and what? I know. Wow. So he <laughs> so he celebrated. We celebrated his one hundred and first birthday on that Saturday, mm-hmm. and then he passed on that Tuesday. Oh, but wow. he died of old age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and he died in the house, but he died in his sleep. Okay. And I was so happy because I figured he went peacefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But I was at work, and I knew I when I left that morning, I knew something was not right. Right. And I just kind of sensed it, you know, mm-hmm. took Ben to daycare. And like I remember at three o'clock sitting at my desk and I got this like feeling and I couldn't wait till five o'clock, you know, mm-hmm. happened. And then I go home and I go in the room and it's like dead quiet. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Ben comes in with me and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Let me see what I'm walking into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he was in like a fetal position the way I left him. Really? And, and he had passed because when I touched him, he was like, and then Ben comes in. Grandpa's sleeping. <laughs> <Aww. You know? laughs> no. And and so, you know, in PA, you have to call the police so that they don't think that you had some. It's like you uh, know, they have to make sure that you didn't do correct. something. Yeah. And then we had the, the the ambulance. The medics had to come in and then declare him um, uh-huh. deceased. Mm-hmm. And then we had to call the funeral home. So they go in there and, and Ben is still with me and um, they bring my father out. And they bring him in, you know, the funeral party did really nice. They, but they covered them all up. Mm-hmm. And Ben uh, starts having a fit, how they mm-hmm. need to, Grandpa can't breathe. Mm-hmm. They got them all covered up. And yeah. I'm like, it's okay. And then I had to explain to like a three-year-old, four-year-old, I can't remember, I think it was three or four, um, death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was interesting. Okay. So I kind of just kind of said, oh, you know, Grandpa's up in heaven. And you know what does Ben know about heaven? Yeah, at um, that age, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and there happened to be like this really bright star. So I said, "You see that star? That's Grandpa looking down. He's telling us he's okay and mm-hmm. he's in heaven with Grandma." So he's like, "Oh, he is." <laughs> so, <laughs> and then I'm explaining to him how you know he won't be with us anymore, but we'll always feel him. Yeah. And um, so Ben is he's, he gets it for a little bit because then I, one day we're coming out of CVS and it's nighttime and there's this big shining mm. star and he says there's grandpa and Aww. I'm having a fit in the parking lot I'm thinking my god there's a ghost somewhere Where's, what are you talking about <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like you know I'm looking around because I'm like what are you, where is what do you see that I'm not seeing yeah. you know like yeah. Ben seeing dead people no, <laughs> like, oh no, my god that's not what I need right now that's not what I need that's and hilarious. then he points up to a, a, this um, bright shining right. star so I'm like, but I mean almost had a heart attack in the parking lot oh. and how was the passing of your dad for you then knowing i mean i know that you're saying he died from old age and he died uh, 101 years old that's a, that's yeah. you know Amazing. that's a long life yeah. um, um how was that for you though his you know dad? it was bittersweet it was it you was, were daddy's girl right i was daddy's girl yeah mm. um he, you know he taught me everything i think he gave me the tools to make me who i am mm-hmm. <sighs> Not there's there's, there's tissue right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. You you already started making me tear. I'm looking like this so the camera doesn't see me. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Well, take your time. Take your time. I'd be crying with Ben's story, not this one. Oh. She had to go say daddy's girl. Yeah. Dad did it. Dad did it, yeah. Yeah, well, I am I'm a daddy's sorry. girl. Okay, I'll get back when I do my interview with you. Yeah. yeah. You need to get her back. Yeah. She will get me back. Yeah. But, but ben, is, ben is somewhat... Like him sometimes, mm-hmm. but not like him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was yeah. that was rough. Yeah, but it, you know, but he equipped you for the yeah. person that you are today. So yeah, to raise Ben, yeah, yeah. Is and, that and something that you guys both talked about? 
Well, you know, he protected Ben because he didn't like when I yelled at Ben. Mm. <laughs> um, the, the two of them would, you know, they would like gang up on me sometimes. <laughs> so like my, Ben had a, a, a SpongeBob mm. cup and grandpa would always have like water in his cup by his bed. Oh, and man. he took Ben's SpongeBob cup. Right. And all hell broke loose one night because I hear him screaming and I hear my father telling him, get him out of my room, get him out of my room. And Ben's yelling, but grandpa has my cup. Grandpa. Oh, that's hilarious. So I'm like, like the two of them, I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to lose my mind. <laughs> but I mean, they had a very sweet relationship too. Yeah. But I, yeah, I wasn't allowed to yell at Ben. He says, oh, he's only a baby. Why are you yelling at the baby? He's only a baby. He's only a baby. And I said, so I'd get in trouble anyway. <laughs> that's cute. So then you go back to, so you... Okay, so your dad passes. You fast forward. You're still in Pennsylvania. So what was your transition? How did you end up? Because you mentioned that you ended up in Florida. So how did you end up in Florida? Because I decided then at that point, I either was going to move back to New York or Florida. Okay. Why Florida? Um, Well, actually, you know what? The reason why I picked Florida is because at that point, Ben and I were March and Dimes ambassador families. Okay. Yeah. And um, there was a position for a director for March of Dimes mm-hmm. in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the ladies that I had worked with said, hey, Brenda, I think you'd be really good at this. And I figured, okay, I have no ties now because dad passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really why I stayed there because I didn't want to move him around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. So um, I said, okay. So I had an interview on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, whatever comes first. If I get a New York job, I'll go to New York. And so that was it. Yeah, Whichever okay. one in Florida came through first. Uh, okay. But it's interesting how things happen because they offered me the job, but they also offered to move me. Mm. So all my moving expenses. So it was like, wow. That's awesome. So I ended up going with them and I moved to Fort Lauderdale first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we stayed there. Ben started school there. Um, and, and my friends were all shocked because I had no family here. Yeah. You were yeah. coming down here by yourself. Just I with just you packed and ben. it up. We packed up the truck. And <clears> I was <throat> like, you know what? I got this. Mm-hmm. And my friends were all like, oh, my God, there's not going to be anybody mm-hmm. there for you. And I was like, you know, you, I'm in Pennsylvania and you guys are in here for me now. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So what, what was the difference? And then mm-hmm. they all now, they're all moved here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what was the point? I was trying to get away from you guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, and that's how I, and then I. Then I, my friend actually, how I got to IRSC was mm-hmm. um, my friend was retiring from NYPD mm-hmm. and they had heard about um, like the, the police, how okay. they do things here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they knew more about the college than I did. Oh, wow. And then he said, oh, I think, you know, Brenda, there's, there's a criminal justice. You should apply. Right. And so I did. Mm-hmm. And then um, I actually applied for like a program coordinator position. Mm-hmm. And didn't get that one. And then that banner center came out. And then that's how I started. Mm-hmm. So then you started IRSC and then... What, so and you're, then the you're, rest is history. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what were, what was the position? You weren't a program coordinator for mm-hmm. banner. Were you a, for, for banner? banner? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I already know. Right. And then, job. yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could take the interview over yeah, now. I, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, it's hard because for me to ask questions is like, I mean, mm. I already know this, but I'm trying not to answer the question. But um, so how how was that for you? So did I you mean, end it was up a good move? I think it was a you good moved move up me. to the Port St. Lucie, Fort Pierce right, area, yeah, and 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 got a house when the market was okay, good. What, and then what about what year is that? Like you um, think two thousand? Well, I started two thousand seven. Okay. okay, okay, and so that was when the market was 
it was okay. Yeah, it was, it was still good. Pretty I, and I thought it was pretty good. And as soon as I bought my house, the market crashed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my house was worth nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I stayed in that house for like 10 years until yeah. now that I was right. able to buy a new house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely house. So how, so what, what's in, in terms of being at Indian River State College, how is that for you and your prof- is Like, are you feeling more settled in your professional career? I, I mean, you, know, you also, you, you mentioned that you got a doctorate. Mm-hmm. How was that? Oh, that was challenging. <laughs> I don't so know gotta, what possessed me. I just see all these gray hairs from the dissertation. So you got your doctorate in? Oh, um, business administration with a specialization in criminal justice. Okay. There's always that criminal justice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's always been your thing. So it's, And, you know, it wasn't for, you know, at this age, it wasn't for, um, it was on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. I always thought I'm going to get that doctorate because mm-hmm. that's as high as I could go. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and it was to make up, I guess, for um, being that first generation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and something to, to show Ben. Yeah. And, and see where he goes. Yeah. I'm still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting to see where he goes. That'd be your next still interview. Young. He's still young. He is. Yeah, he is. So then, um, so what, what's it, are you, are you able to use utilize your doctorate in your position at the college? Like, what is your what? Are, where are you at with that right now? Like, where well, is I get to to adjunct. So okay, that's, that's good. really good. Yeah, um, and I like it. I mean, because yeah. I I think it's something. It keeps you in in line with the students. Mm-hmm. It keeps you in line with you know the curriculum, the academics part. Did you get um, and you get <clears throat> you get to share back, mm-hmm. and pass yes. information down to the young people coming up. <laughs> And, yeah. and the Brenda that I know, and you'd mentioned this earlier in your interview about being connected to like um, children and, and whatnot. I don't remember right. what capacity you actually mentioned that, but you, you, you've I always, always had that. I've always advocated for an advocate. That's the, what I would say. The young people, because mm-hmm. I, had, I was a caseworker mm-hmm. and, and saw what, mm-hmm. what kids go through. Mm-hmm. But I also advocate for the older people because right. I worked for like the welfare office in Pennsylvania and saw like sometimes how abusive family members could to be, be to the, yeah to the you know, they, to the right when you're they're right. trying yeah. to get all their benefits and yeah I mean, it was, take so, their money yeah that's so those are the two groups okay. that i always say i advocate anybody in the middle can fend for themselves right yeah. right right okay so then at the college right now i mean you don't have to disclose everything but how are you feeling in terms of your your career your professional career where you're at currently i think i'm finally moving okay like um you know more challenges mm-hmm. Which, which challenges your ability to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now you kind of see the potential to grow, whereas, right. you know, there was a time when you didn't see that. Right. <clears throat> but now I think under different leadership, mm-hmm. yeah, it's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the next phase is because that's right. a pretty new phase. Right. Okay. Okay. That's good. I like that. She's You're, you're, you're actually <laughs> in a place where it's, I feel like you've been, because I've known you for mm-hmm. a long time, that you've been, really really just trying to get there and it just finally opened up right. and, and sometimes it just takes a different person to see that yeah. in you yeah and that's that's you know that's okay and it's leadership so, it's, yeah it's the different leaderships we've been through right 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 so that's good i think you're in a good place professionally personally from the outside yeah. i see that i, I think, think it's so a good and thing. I, you know and the things i do on the side like with the the sheriff's office yeah i was gonna say you're very connected <laughs> to the agencies law enforcement right so and and all of that i mean all of those degrees and all of those life experiences plays into what you give back yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and so that's and i'm big on giving back okay so at this point now that you've like mm-hmm. told us your whole life story which has been amazing because i mean i've always known your story but i think it's amazing that you're sharing it with the world we go through um 
the portion at the end of our interviews where we sort of want to have like a reflection. And so this is where Omar sort of takes over with introducing the mm-hmm. ski and The idea with the ski reflection is that we just to look back and, and reflect on the things that you've learned, the things that have become known to you. And the idea behind this segment is really to, to share your life experiences with others. Um, that are that may not be going to the exact same thing because mm-hmm. everybody's paths and everybody's quest is completely different, but there's always commonalities amongst them. And I want to ask you like a few specific questions, okay, well, and uh, and a couple of general questions too. So like the first one that I want to <laughs> ask is, there's been many times in your journey, and I, and I kind of like met, touched on this earlier before. There's been many times in your quest in which you you had to dig deep internally and that scares a lot of people mm-hmm. to be able to go to that place. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about that, how you felt and the lessons that you learned by digging deep into yourself? Mm, good question. So I think sometimes you, what you fear the most is what keeps you from moving mm-hmm. on. And I think sometimes we have to own what, what we do. We have to own the, the, our challenges, um, and we have to face them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can pass them until you do. And I think for me, my journey was there was a lot of challenges. There were a lot of times I had to go into deep thought, you're right, and see, you know, not to give up. Mm-hmm. You know, the future was still the future. I was only living in the present Mm. and I didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring because it hasn't Mm. happened yet. And so not to write the end of my story before it came. Mm. And so for me, it was always letting, I knew that sometimes even in tragic moments, there are lessons there. Mm. And so this is my six decades now (laughs) moving forward. (laughs) And so what I've learned is like, sometimes when you like, if you don't get that job, Mm-hmm. You know, you get disappointed, but maybe yeah. that's the reason that you didn't get it. There's, there's going to be something else that opens up mm-hmm. that couldn't have opened up if you had gotten that job. Yeah. And I think sometimes with our journeys, that's the same thing. I mean, I've had some really good experiences and bad experiences. And I don't think if someone said, Oh, if you could do it, you know, say, Oh, if you could do something all over, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And I think I would let it stay the way it was because that was my path. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have been or become the person that I am as a woman, as a mother, mm-hmm. as a wife, as a daughter, as a sister, if I didn't go through those challenges. That's yeah. deep. Because a lot of people would say different. They'd say, oh, man, I just wish I, wish I could have done could've... this differently. Yeah. 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 And for you to say that, and I know that it's a, it's a life mm-hmm. that you're, you've reflected there, I mean, on. I mean, it wasn't always happy. I mean, and you know, no. the, the biggest journey was Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was not how it was supposed to happen. You're mm-hmm. supposed to have a baby, be happy, go home, baby's healthy. healthy yeah. No you know, issues. Yeah. No emotion. That's, you know, but that mm-hmm. is not what happened. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I had to keep going because I couldn't give up mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I had another life I had to take control over mm-hmm. or, yeah. or guide, not control. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, you know, I see, I think I, I just look at things differently and yeah. I refuse to be the victim of my own bad challenges yeah. and people can stay there and never get out. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, you're stuck, then the only person you hurt is yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I won't say that I didn't do it all by myself because I had a, a, had good friends mm-hmm. 
you know, and even the bad friends. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the bad friends will help you out of that because, you know, yeah. they may say something and you're like, oh, you know, that really pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to show I, you. I know that Correct. story. <laughs> <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so having a bad friend yeah. isn't really bad because they right. push you in the direction yeah. maybe that you need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So so sure. Th- <laughs> this leads me into the, another question. And, and, and I seen the the many parts in your story in which you had to confront either individuals uh, and situations. Um, what what lessons come again? Because it's just something else that a lot of pe- that we a lot of us do in certain points in our lives. We want to avoid dealing with situations or confronting others that have hurt us or have the potential to hurt us. And you've been consistent in standing up for yourself. Um, what lessons can you share with us regarding that? I think your best advocate is yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can depend on other people to advocate for us. I think, but um, you're in, you're in charge of your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in charge of your decisions, your choices. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, I mean, maybe something happens and maybe, it, maybe there's a little bit of a challenge and you, maybe you're not, maybe somebody forces a choice on you because mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I think I look at the whole pitch, picture and I think for me, there was always someone in the picture that I had to take care of. Mm-hmm. So it was always not always just about me. Mm. But it was always about yeah. me and the other person, mm-hmm. yeah. and whether it was my father and my mother or my son, yeah. um, you know, whether now it's the kids in the Explorer program or, you know, Benjamin and his friends. It's always a uh, it's not about you. It's not just about you, yeah. um, because mm-hmm. if you make yourself better, you can give so much more mm-hmm. yeah. or, and you don't have to be. You know, it's not like, I mean, we have doctorates. You're going for your dad. That doesn't mean we're the brightest person in yeah. the room. Because yeah. sometimes I'll tell you, things go above my head. I'm like, okay, I didn't get the degree in that. Yeah. Um, and I don't, that's not what getting a, that's not no. what get, a, earning a doctorate isn't about being smart. It's about think, that persistence you know, right, and that discipline. They're, and they're looking for that status. That they are. That yeah. Status. No, I get it. Yeah. 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 But I mean, so, you know, it's, I think we all have our own journeys and, I, mm-hmm. and, and the way you approach it is how it's you choose you. is how uh, you know that's your life yeah. Yeah. There, there's something that you mentioned uh again consistently it's that aspect of self-responsibility but also giving back and caring for others you know you just mentioned about caring for your mother caring for your father caring for caring for ben and everything else C- can you talk about how does it make you feel when you're giving back to others, um, because I, I used to, I, I used to give the examples when I did training with, with young people that I'm the most selfish person that ever, that you ever will ever meet because there's something that makes me feel good when somebody improves because I helped them out or something of, of that nature, mm-hmm. of that, of that nature. And that aspect of giving back, um, it, it's key to also our well being. Can you tell us something about those two things, taking responsibility and caring for others or loving our neighbors, as, as the Bible will say? Okay, so I think in life somebody has always done something for us. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, my mentors have been maybe a person I worked for. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you know, that student that gave me some insight that I didn't know. So, you know, I think you people give you something and you, and you give to others with, without the expectation of some kind of payment. Or without the exception, if I give you this, Omar, I expect a favor next yeah. year, you know. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just like, you know, when you asked me to do this, mm-hmm. the, the expectation is not that, okay, now you're going to owe me something. Just yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be like the godfather calling in the favor, you know, yeah. a couple no. of years from now. <laughs> you know, this is something that you guys, this is your journey and mm-hmm. you've asked a couple of us to, to come and speak for you. And so it was like, okay, you know, this is what, what we do for each other, right? Yeah. There's no, you're not paying me. I'm not expecting pain. Well, you're giving me a sandwich and a t-shirt and a t-shirt. <laughs> wink, wink. We're not paying her. And a t-shirt and a t- you get a t-shirt too. You get a t-shirt and it's personalized too. Well, you'll get a t-shirt. Because if, I think if, if your if your purpose is to do something for someone and ex- with the expectation of you getting something back, then it's all for the wrong reason. Correct. Yeah. And you're not yes. doing it because it's genuine. Yeah. And I think, um, and that's how you know, like that someone is truly, truly invested mm-hmm. in in a cause or helping a person or mentoring a person, mm-hmm. and and you do it at the best that you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's you know to me that's I mean we all have to give and take. I mean mm-hmm. we're you know the new generation is coming up, and we're phasing out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and you know at some point maybe one day they're gonna say oh you know. Miss Brenda, she helped me out with this, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, and that's the payback. That, yes, you know, and I, and uh, and it's ironic because um, you know I do take stock in children, mm-hmm. and so I had this kid for four years, and he came by the office yesterday. Oh, and I'm like, oh my god, and he's on college <laughs> by a surprise. Now. Yeah, he came Aww. to visit me, and you know, that's and, awesome. And and now he says, you know, uh, you know, Miss Brenda, when you're when you're ready, I'm gonna take you out to dinner. I said, you don't have to. He says, no, you know, I, I have to. No. So I thought, well, you know, that was, but that's it. When you, when someone, you know, like I didn't have to do it, any of that. And he didn't have to, you know, we were done. He was going to college. Mm-hmm. I did my part. I mentored him and, yeah. and, and he still came back to awesome. say, you know, yeah. Hey, how you doing? Thank you. Yeah. That's a good yeah, feeling, isn't it? Feeling. Yeah. And that, you know, you can't put a dollar price on. No, that. not no. at all. No. There's a couple of things that I want to kind of ask you now as we, we come to the end. The first one is after you, you're six plus decades on earth. Six in plus. It. See, he put it out there. Not did I me. say plus? You did. Oh, you just said plus. She says six I'm plus. I'm not even at the midway point. <laughs> okay. All right, five okay. plus. I don't know. Oh, my God. See, you got me in this trap. I got you in this you, trap. You said the decade you thing. Did that you did this to yourself. Take responsibility. All right, I'm taking responsibility. All right. See, so, Brenda, I'm on your side. <laughs> so um, a couple of kind of like wrap-up questions that I have is for you. Is First, what are your thoughts on the origin and the meaning of life? You are a, a devout Catholic. You, you believe in that. And, and again, we share that in common as well. But what, 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 is, what is your belief in the meaning of life and the purpose of it? I know I would answer this question. I'm probably going to answer it different now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to test you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I think we all have a different meaning of, of our lives because mm-hmm. we each take a different journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, all I want for mine is to have, I guess, made some kind of a difference and live my life peacefully. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm happy. Um, I am not complaining when I go home. Oh, maybe to Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Clean your room. Uh, there's, you know, the mother thing, just that's a full-time job, never ends. He never sure ends. Sure doesn't. Yeah, being yeah. a parent never ends. Mm-mm. But I think, you know, the meaning of life is kind of... It's your life. Mm -hmm. And so my meaning is going to be different than yours and different than yours. And what has, what has gotten me to this side, this part of the journey is my life. So the meaning is the good, the bad, the ugly, and then what I decided to do with it. And what you decide to do. And then wherever I end up, Mm -hmm. you know, my faith tells me there's someplace else that I'll go. Mm -hmm. 
but for right now, I'm living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I leave, I will have left something behind. Mm. Okay. Good. Definitely. Good. Um, you have experienced death. Your parents uh, really close with Ben. Um, what are your thoughts on death and what happens after we die? You mentioned that just a little bit. Um, I think we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, I don't think you're ever prepared for it either. Even when you have a sick parent and you know that, okay, the, the end is coming, but you're never really prepared for yeah. it. Because mm-hmm. there's always that little hope you you know, hang on to, but there's also that part that you know you have to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get to a point where you say to yourself, it's okay to let go mm-hmm. because they have lived their life and they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, and I think for me to keep, you know, myself, you know, peace in mind is that um, when I do let them go, they're going to someplace happy yeah. where they're whole again mm-hmm. and they're not in the pain they were, if mm-hmm. they were in pain, that they're not in that pain anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more to comfort us. Yeah. You know, yeah. that says, so you yeah. know, you can't, yeah. you don't want to be like, oh my goodness, they passed and they were so miserable and they're still miserable. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think that's, that is how we deal with death. It's funny because we do, we say that like if, <clears throat> If somebody, a friend of ours or somebody dies or they're a relative or somebody of theirs dies to console that individual will always say things like, well, you just think they're in a better place now. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's funny. You said that cause that's, yeah, it's to console ourselves. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, and I think, you know, we're all going to get there. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what about that? What about facing your own mortality? What do you ever think about that? Is that something that grows your mind? And, and if it does, like, what is it that you think about? Um, and you mentioned it someone in here too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I go to that happy place. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, and that's the faith part. That's the faith mm-hmm. part. Yeah. That when you die, you go somewhere. Mm-hmm. You, you know that your 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 life is over, but your soul is somewhere else, or mm-hmm. you know something like that. But I mean, I you know sometimes when you when you think about death and how you're gonna die, I mean, I think one of my fears is I would hate to like die tragically. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I do, I hope it's like quick. <laughs> um, I'm a chicken. I mean, I don't, I don't do well with pain. So I mean, I would like. You know, I'm just saying. Brenda, meet Omar. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I'm just I like, don't like pain. Pain and yeah. meat don't go together. No, no. I mean, you know. So I'm hoping that you know, I've, if you led a good life, and even if you led a bad life, mm-hmm. that at the end, everything is peace. No. Um, and I, and I hope that there's like a big party upstairs. You, know, you hope that you, you know, like that, you know, they, you always say that they're, oh, you'll get to see everybody. Yeah. And I, you oh, know, I almost yeah. kind of think about like, what that will, well, am I going to see them like when they were in their twenties? Yeah. Am I going to see I'm them, them in their, their prime? Or are they going <laughs> to, am I going to recognize them? Cause they're going to, you know, yeah, good point. Uh, that's, that's a very good point. Funny. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. so. <laughs> I hope they don't shut the gates. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, here comes Brenda, shut the door. I mean, that's why I, I keep doing some good deeds because I'm figuring I got to get those brownie points. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say those points. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's a lot of dancing up there from what I hear. So there you go. You there's know, you could just, party. you could show off and stuff. You there can you show go. up. Do the, I'll be light you as, do the as a feather. Light there. As, there you go. Light that's as right. a feather. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so now that we come to this end, right? It, mm. And you, again, you, you, you live the cycle. You've, you've, you understand you 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 are aware of all the things that happen. You are um, um, appreciative of the things that happen, both the good and the bad. What's left for you? What's um, what are your plans? What are your aspirations? What are you working on right now? I mean, I guess to succeed in what I'm doing 
right now in terms of a career path. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see Ben grow more. I want to see him have a family mm-hmm. and, and the values that he will put into that family mm-hmm. and, and have some grandchildren that I can spoil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I also want to, you know, I want to stay young too. I want to be like my dad that was like in his nineties, but he was really in his seventies or something. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be that lady that, you know, Ben shoves in a nursing home and forgets. <laughs> for, and then I, cause I'll tell him, I said, you put me in a nursing home that you're going to get some phone calls at your mother's Every day. on her golf cart. <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I will live my life until my last breath.